Net Studios World Headquarters in Spring, Texas. It's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminac. What's up, you damn dirty deckheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Laminac. Thank you guys for being here. Today is Thursday, May the 4th be with you, 2023. And this is episode number 652 of Barry on Deck. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the program. Uh, Gotta give a special shout out because you know today, you know what it is. Uh, Shout out to... uh, all my folks in New Orleans, happy 504 day. Ha <laughs> 504 boys, uh, everybody wobble wobble, whatever. I don't know. Happy New Orleans day. Damn them nerds. <laughs> it's May the 4th. Yeah, if you have a lisp, if you don't know how to say force, 652, that's it. Thanks, Spoon. Thanks, jerk. Jerk ass jerk. Spoon looks like, don't make me roast you. Spoon looks like a serial killer. But not like murder, like Lucky Charms, Captain Crunch. Okay. <laughs> That's too soon for that. I apologize, Spoon. That was not okay. You started it. He started it, Mom. Hey, welcome to the show, man. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, I'm still on cloud nine from yesterday. That was unbelievable, man. So I just I said as much on uh, <clears throat> the Discord and social media. But just one more time, I just wanted to say, man, thank you guys Everybody uh, that participated uh, in in yesterday's level 11 hype trade. Unbelievable. Um, Just amazing. So thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate that. I didn't want that to go uh, without. I didn't want to go too far without saying thank you one more time. And uh, thank you to Homo Astros. Let's go. Homo Astros fan. Thank you for the 100 bits. Much appreciated, Homo Astros fan. I just like saying Homo Astros fan. That's a cool name. I dig that so much. Ivan! Thank you for the 69. I like you. Um, <laughs> yo, P. Randizzle with the sub. Let's go. 12 months. That's a whole year, Patrick. A year, baby. Thank you, man. He said, uh, just saw a very large woman with nude colored yoga pants. I legit thought she was naked, y'all. Yeah, they'll do that to you. They'll do that. They should not make yoga pants in that color. They shouldn't. They shouldn't make any clothing uh, in a, like a nude color. That's not good, especially if it's a you know a large person. I'll just say person, not woman. Also, if it's just like a dumpy, I'm not large. I'm just dumpy. You know, nobody wants to see this. You know what I mean? I saw a buddy last night. Uh, I was performing at. Uh, the Riot Comedy Club here in Houston. It's in uh, Rudyard's. It's upstairs at the Rudyard's British Pub. And I uh, did a show there. And pretty cool lineup. But one of my buddies from uh, way back in the day, he has since moved to New York. 
and is now a writer for, or was a writer for The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And now he tours with Trevor Noah. I think he still writes for The Daily Show, but he also tours with Trevor Noah. His name's Ashton Womack. Uh, he's Emmy-nominated. I think he may have won. I don't know. Shit. Uh, but it was so good to see him, man. I hadn't seen him in years since he moved to New York, and he's up there killing it. I mean, just killing it and he's doing great and it was so we were both excited and i was like yo what's up ashley was like what's up man and you know we we did the five and then the hug he goes and he stops he goes hey damn boy you you thick as hell now i was like okay that's that's about right yeah i'm pretty thick uh with two c's um so yeah, that sucks. Um, but what you gonna do? Yeah, I like I like food, which by the way is why I was late. A lot of you are probably like, oh, Barry must have had technical problems. Oh, Barry must have um had a meeting. Oh, Barry must be taking a shit. That's why the show started late. Nope. Your boy, uh, I had to polish off some homemade pizza only because I was like, man, probably going to be some more drinking going on today and I need to be prepared. Yesterday was a goddamn nightmare. Three shots in two hours. I know that doesn't sound like much to some of you alcoholic sons of bitches, but to daddy, I mean, I, I will admit like I'm getting uh, better. Um, that night at Hop Scholar, uh, the Hop Scholar comedy night this past Saturday, everybody was... Uh, drinking and you know getting shit-faced and i i was holding my own this was after the show not during i only had like one during the show but afterwards like uh we had whiskeys and old fashions and all the shit and honestly wasn't even affected like not at all and everybody else was drunk and i was like wow i'm a man daddy i'm a man now that's where i get it from too because he's alcoholic uh <laughs> But like, yeah, that's exactly right, Jim. That is exactly right, bro. It's crazy. Um, I can drink a lot more than I used to, man. On this show, two shots, I was gone. And that's over. That was over a two-hour show. But yeah, but you know, I just figured we got three birthdays today. Um, yeah, and it's my Friday. Let's go. <laughs> So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited. I've got some stuff planned. I'm kind of going to overhaul some of the graphics on the show again uh, just to make it more uh, appealing, I guess. I don't know. So I'm super excited. I didn't get to get it done today, but we will. So, uh, but let's do this. Let's get this show started because we've got a plethora of things packed into the show. Number one, Joe Blank, my old co-host from The Usual Suspects, going to be joining me at 4.15 today, as he does every single Thursday to talk NBA. Uh, so we're going to do that well, also, maybe we'll, we'll probably talk some NBA on our own, but I'm going to try to save it for Joel at 415. Uh, we got NHL playoffs to talk about. I can't stop watching. I'm addicted to watching NHL playoffs. I even watched. No, uh, oh, damn it, peepee dubs. Don't start that shit. Three shot Thursday. God, no. What, what, hey, I don't I don't recall me getting to have a, a water shot Wednesday. Huh? Yeah. Three shot Thursday. I haven't said told y'all crack it. Yeah, well, okay. You're about time you got something right. Um, 
But yeah, that was. Uh, I'm so I'm super addicted to the NHL playoffs right now. We'll get into that. I've got a bunch of other stories, sports and non-sports. We got headlines, and you know, just uh, our general good time, fun time. But let's start the show like we always start the show. Did I tweet it out? By the way, I did. The tweet is out there. I did. Uh, it is out there. So come hang out. Thank you, Total Dallas, for the retweet on that. Much appreciated. All right, now let's start the show like we always do. If you're new to the program, which I saw a new chatter, uh, uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? First time chatter, Chicken Dinner 9. So welcome, Chicken Dinner 9. Thank you for being here. Winner, winner, Chicken Dinner. Uh, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here. First time chatter. So um, for those like Chicken Dinner that are newer to the show, we always start the show with what I call the chat. Not the past tense of shit. It is the shout out to the chat. And it's me saying hello and hi and welcoming everybody to the show that makes the show possible. It's you guys in the chat. So let's get to the chat. We got five pages to motor through. Uh, Alan Denson was in early. First one in the chat. So Alan Denson is the greatest deckhead in the history of the world. At least for the next three hours. And then it's just back to regular old ass Alan Denson. Uh, uh, who else was here? Mimi! What's up, memesters? Mimi was second today. Go, memesters! Chris Reyes was in the building third. Uh, Chicken Dinner showed up early. Fourth. Look at that. Look at that. Is that is that you in the picture, Chicken Dinner? I'm I'm looking here. Uh, that's a May the 4th outfit, is it not? Are you dressed up like Darth Vader? I can't really see it that good, but I see you, pimp. So Chicken Dinner is here. Alex Villanueva showed up. What's up, homie? Mark G, what's up? Good to see you, buddy. AJB, AJ Bryant in the building. Uh, Nightbot, that raggedy bitch showed up. Nobody cares about you, Nightbot, you stupid whore. Okay, that was aggressive. Uh, Jeff Bell, what's up, man? How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you for being here, Slow White Bronco. Jeff Bell Broncos is in the building. Cisco, hi from hi. Hello, Cisco. Big day coming up. We'll get to that in a second. Hey, what's up, Spoonie? I know I was fucking with you, man. I uh, appreciate the love on uh, Twitter, by the way. Got to uh, <clears throat> do my my weekly radio hit in um, Wichita, and uh, they're always fun. They had, you know, uh, Felix, one of the co-hosts of it. It's called the Press Box. I know. If you're here in Houston, listen to the radio. That was uh, an iteration of my uh, old co-host shows he, after the Usual Suspects broke up. Well, they broke us up. Uh, then he was with Nick, I think, on the press box. Or no, Charlie and and uh, Charlie Palillo on what's called the press box. Well, they have a press box show, believe it or not. I know. Can you believe it? A show called the press box and sports talk? I'm stunned. Next, you're going to tell me there was more than one show called the Blitz in this country. No way. No way. I don't believe you. But yeah, there's a show in uh, Wichita called The Press Box. I join them every Wednesday at 525. It's fun. We have a good time. They give me shit. I give them shit. So uh, super cool. Check it out one day. But Spoon was listening, tweeted it out, and uh, the radio station, I guess, appreciated that. So, oh, speaking of that, looky here, looky here. Uh, Chicken Dinner said, we still suspects for life, too. Let's go. Yeah. Up there, you fam. Joel and I talk about that all the time. We're like, man, they, they fucked up. They had a good thing going. Should have never broke us up. We'd be we'd be conquering the world right now. Of the world, Craig. I really feel like had they not broken us up, the rest of sports talk in this town would have been put on notice. Uh, Joel and I would have dominated. Plus, we would have been a good fit to 
fill in on the drive time show or the drive home on ESPN. But hey, fuck it, whatever. Now I got Barry on deck, so it's whatever. Um, Alex Villanueva's in the building. What's up, homie? Jared Taylor. What's up, man? Thank you again for yesterday. You and poor Marine showed off yesterday, and I appreciate that. FJ. What's up, man? Uh, what's up, y'all? Barry better have the damn birthday song screwed and chopped. Now, you get what you get, fucker. Okay, fucker? You get what you get. No, FJ. You don't You don't get to make birthday song requests just because it's your damn birthday. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Calm down. We'll get to it, chat. Uh, Ivan's here. What's up, homie? Dallas Hater 69 in the building. What's up? Uh, good to see you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for being here. Little known fact, Barry is naked under his clothes. What? Scared me to death. <clears throat> uh, who else is here? Ivan, Alex, uh, Uriel Villanueva. What's up, man? Good to see you. Flip, howdy. How are you, Flip? Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here. Uh, Jim on Sports is in the building. And who else? Uh, it's said live from cut and shoot. No, shut up. It's not. Let's see. Uh, who else is here? Homo Astros fan is in the building. What's up, Jen? Good to see you, sweetie. Thank you for showing up as well. Hey, Seuss. What's up? How are you? Hello. Here for you to hate. I could never hate you, Jesus. You're a, you're a fantastic person. Uh, Evil Death said, what's up, Evil Death? Good to see you. Uh, hey, what's up? And happy early Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Uh, we don't really celebrate in this house. I don't know. This is the thing. We don't do it. I got invited to a brewery. Um, we're actually going to meet up here in spring. I'm, we're, we're talking about doing another comedy night. And it's a, uh, it's a brewery in Old Town Spring. And uh, they had reached out. We're like, hey, we saw what you're doing at Hop Scholar. We'd like to do a comedy night. I was like, well, cool. Let me talk to Todd and make sure we're not, you know, stepping on any toes. And uh, they were like, well, come hang out with us on uh, Cinco de Mayo. I was like, I'm good. I don't need to see white people pretending like they uh, understand uh, Mexican culture. I'm all right. That's why I don't go out on St. Patrick's Day, because I don't need white people pretending like they understand their culture. So, it's whatever. <clears throat> uh, I was at easy with the May, May the 4th, bro. What? 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 Easy what? Easy what? Easy what you gonna do? Yeah, AJB gets it, 504. Eastside, let's go. Uh, all right, who else is here? Memesters, what's up, Mimi? Good to see you, sweetie. Thank you for showing up. All right, who else? Did I miss anybody? Oh, my sweet, sweet Donna. Gosh, dog it. I was like, she's not here. She's she's hates me now. <clears throat> oh, Donna, I love you to death. Thank you for being here, sweetie. Uh, who else? Who else? Donna Day, PB Dubs, Three Shot Thursday. Kiss my ass. What's up, Jet? Good to see you. Cisco said, Barry, um, where's this? Ivan, I hate you. Let's see, uh, <clears throat> Barry, for my birthday, I want you to take care of yourself and hydrate. Please drink a glass of water instead of a shot. Bitch, what, do you think I'm a punk? You think I'm some punk-ass punk? Some punk-ass punk-ass punk? Like a punkity punk punk punk-ass punk? I mean, I do have a water here. But I also literally have this open Diet Coke and then a closed Diet Coke. But, I mean, I'm tearing through this Bacardi. I'm not going to lie. This bad boy was full a few weeks ago. And I only drink this on the show. So that'll tell you that'll tell you where we're at. Hey, yo, what's up? Clarence, good to see you, homie. Jet's here. Heartthrob's here. The A's attendance is better than Nightbot. Well, I don't know. Nightbot's more consistent than the A's attendance. So 
So there's that. All right, we got one page left. Let's get to it. Clarence, what's up? Uh, double rods. How are you, double rods? Good to see you. Um, all right, I think that's it. Spoon. Those white people piss me off. All white people piss all people off. Even other white white people piss themselves off. It's weird. What's up, Rudy Ross? Sanitized wash hands, social distance back the fuck up. All right. Um, I need to go to specs. I kind of do. I kind of do. I'll probably make a run here. Um yeah, I'll probably, I need to go get some Jameson. I, actually, what I need to get is some Crown. Because that's what I drink the most when I'm not on the show. <clears throat> I drink Crown. So, uh, you know what I should have done is ASMR drinking today, but I didn't do it. So, damn it, that's my bad. All right, we got it out the way. That's the shit. Let's start this damn show with some headlines. Evil does said you don't have to be Irish to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Okay. That's true. That's true. I haven't said good call, Barry. Like all other people in Mexico, you don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. That's the best thing about that. Like, um, it's not like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not a, I don't know. Let's look up Cinco de Mayo real quick. Uh, Cinco de Mayo uh, in Mexico, Spanish for 5th of May is a yearly celebration held on May 5th which commemorates the anniversary of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Pueblo in 1862, led by General Ignacio Zaragoza. Zaragoza? Zaragoza. General Ignacio. Uh, the victory over the French army was a moral boost for the Mexicans. Zaragoza died months after the battle from an illness. Yeah, he was sick of their shit. And a large French force ultimately defeated the Mexican army in the Second Battle of Pueblo. Okay. What date was that? I feel like, hey, we're celebrating. Yay. Because, you know, if you listen to people, they're like, it's the celebration of Mexican independence. Like, is it though? Because they went on to lose. They they won a battle. They didn't win the war. Uh, it says... Uh, yeah, French forces ultimately defeated the Mexican army in the Second Battle of Pueblo and occupied Mexico City. However, following the end of the American Civil War in 1865, the United States began lending money and guns to Mexican liberals, pushing France and Mexican conservatives to the edge of defeat. There you go. There you go. What a weird thing to celebrate. It's just like the random day of a battle. But yet, white people in this country are like, yeah, let's get some sombreros. And do some racist shit. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. All right, here's sports headlines. Uh, bad news. By the way, uh, we got our bet in for the Kentucky Derby. So I'm rolling with you, D-Mata. If our long shot wins, we bet five bucks. If we win 400, and I'm splitting it with him if it wins. So, uh, And if it wins, D-Mata, I will personally bring you the $200 cash because I know you were hating sitting up in that hospital. And I want to encourage, by the way, shout out to D-Mata. Uh, much love. Please get well soon. But if you're a deckhead, man, uh, do do me a solid. Do your boy a solid. Call, call D-Mata. Uh, FaceTime with him. Text him. Message him on Discord. Check on him, man. That's got to be tough what he's going through. So show some love, man. Uh, please, please show some love. All right. Uh, four... Horses 
have been euthanized at Churchill Downs in the last week. Four of them. Now, one of them was an injury. Uh, and I don't understand, like, the verbiage that they used. Let me uh, let me pull up the full, uh, four horses. No, that's four horses. Not whores. Not four whores. Four whores being euthanized at Churchill Downs would be uh, terrible. Just putting down four whores like that, that's not okay. Uh, it says Wild on Ice was injured last Thursday. Was that our, what's our horse's name? Did they kill that some bitch? Do I get my money back? I mean, at first I'm like, eh, it's just horses. But now I'm like, hold on a goddamn minute. Who'd we bet on? It better not have been Wild on Ice. Uh, where's my bets at? Let's see. Transactions. Uh, horses. No. Uh, sports. Open bets. There we go. We have an open bet on uh King Russell. There you go. We have an open bet on King Russell. Wow. How many open bets do I have? Oh, these are all baseball bets. Okay, Angels, Astros, Braves, Jays, and Padres. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> yeah, we have an open bet on King Russell uh, to win. Uh, what, did, what did we get the value at? It was uh, plus 8,000. Sheesh. So it wasn't fire on ice. So that's good. But that doesn't prove our chances. <laughs> I mean, you know, rest in peace to wild on ice. I don't even see, uh, wait a damn minute. Where's the Derby? I don't, uh, oh, this is Kentucky Derby Paramutual. I don't know what that means. I don't know what paramutual betting is. Uh, Kentucky Derby. I want the regular Derby. Like the Kentucky Oaks. No, bitch, I don't give a fuck about that. Fixed odds. They're fixed? I knew it. Wow. Did we really get it at plus 8,000? Because it's plus 6,600 now. Let's go, King Russell! He's still the uh, long shot. So, anyways. All right. Um, but four horses. The other, the other here. So, here was. So, Wild on Ice was injured last Thursday following a morning workout. Could you imagine if that was humans? It's like, oh, no. LeBron James injured his leg. <laughs> Rest in peace to the goat. They had to put him down. On Saturday, Parents Pride died during an opening night race of still yet determined causes. Well, they said euthanize, but how do you euthanize somebody, a horse that's dead already? That doesn't make sense. That's a misleading headline. Who put that on this show? On Tuesday, at the 502 day, 502's day, billed as the locals' day at the races. This is so stupid. Um, chasing Artie. And taking charge, Brianna, both were vanned off, vanned off. What? What does that mean? Vanned off following their races and euthanized. Take charge, Brianna, like Wild and I sustained an injury, but the cause of death for Chasing Artie, similar to Parents Pride, is yet to be determined. Both Chasing Artie and Parents Pride are trained by Safi Joseph Jr. and owned by Ken Ramsey. Oh, something's afoot or something's a hoof. That's weird. It shatters me, Joseph told Sports Illustrated. The odds of that happening twice doesn't add up. 
theories aren't going to help anything. We need facts. I don't know. Maybe the fact is you're doing some weird shit to your horses and they're dying. How about that for a fact, Joseph? You horse killer? Allegedly. Uh, Churchill Downs released a statement completely unacceptable. Calling the deaths. We take this very seriously and acknowledge that these troubling incidents are alarming and must be addressed. We have got to stop killing horses. This is not okay. How the hell are we going to have a Kentucky Derby if all the horses are dead? It's like a four-horse apocalypse. Wait a minute. All right. Uh, So there you go. There's four horses that have died um, prematurely. I guess every death is, is every death premature? I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. I like that there's a horse named Hit Show. It's a complete hit show. Uh, who's the favorite, by the way? Forte is plus 325. Okay. And that's, that's well, those odds are for to, to win. For a top two finish, Forte is plus 140. Wow, top three finish, Forte is minus one. To, anyways, no one gives a shit. No one cares, Laminac. <laughs> Uh, Jim on sports that a 105-year-old guy dying is not premature. Are you sure about that, Jim on sports? What if he was supposed to live to 110? You don't know. Alex said Barry put the call in for his horse to win. You think so? I was like, hey, let's start knocking these off. I got 400 on this, okay? Well, I got five on it. But that could be 400, so. Who would eat a whore? Hey, what's up, House? Good to see you, buddy. I was over here looking at uh, uh, articles and reading and shit. Uh, when I hear euthanize, I think I think make younger. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's funny. That's like when I was a kid. I used to think the planet Pluto is where Pluto from Mickey Mouse lived. Stupid. Uh, Jesus said Mexican independence is September 16th. There you go. See? See? PB Dub said May 5th is a celebration of the American army helping the Mexican army defeat the French army and send them back to Canada. So take it as you wish. I mean, that's not exactly accurate because we went over the whole thing, but it seems close. It seems close. Uh, FJ said, fun fact, I was born close to midnight. Doctor asked my mom if she wanted May 5. She said, nope, we could. Oh, good for your mom. Good for your mom. Uh, it's the Mexican equivalent of the Alamo. Oh, no shit. Okay. <laughs> Jim said to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, I'm going to a Venezuelan restaurant. Take that, white people. Hell yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm making a Korean barbecue chicken tonight for Cinco de... Well, wait, it's May the 4th. I guess I'm just going to make a uh, Wookiee stew. Okay. That was not my Wookiee impression, by the way. Uh, Amos said, let them celebrate their moral victories in peace and not too much on the white. Some of them are okay, like Barry. Oh, thank you, Amos. Uh, Mark said, I mean, we do the same for St. Patrick's Day. Dude wasn't even Irish and snakes weren't even native to Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm telling you, white people just need a reason. White people just not even a reason. They need an excuse to justify our drinking. That's what we need. I say they like I'm not white people. 
But it's true. That's why that's what we come up with these holidays for. It's uh to make excuses for us to drink a lot and then blame it on the alcohol. Uh I don't go out on those days too packed. Yes. Holidays are just an excuse to drink exactly, Jet. Exactly. Uh, the logic of things to celebrate by us Americans is suspect. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Chris. I could not agree more. Um, Four Horsemen is the name of a skin flick. Wasn't that a wrestling group, the Four Horsemen? Like Paul Orndorff and who was the Four Horsemen? I forget. I totally forget. Ah, <clears throat> uh, Rev House, the wife needs some euthanization. Uh, all right, let's see. What's up, Verify King? Good to see you. They're not dog food. They don't put horse in dog food, jerk. Ooh, wait a minute. Four, look, look at Clarence coming through. Four horses, May the 4th, four goals, picking the number four in the Kentucky Derby, calling it. Do, is it done by the number, Clarence? Is it, is it, do they get numbers or what if it's the fourth lane? Or the fourth starting position. And not the number four. There's going to be a four tied in somewhere. Their fourth race. Their f- the, I know what it is, Clarence. I know what it is. The horse that wins is going to have four legs. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Now I just got to find which one that is. Uh, all right. I think we're good here. Verify King said, was it on video? Was what on video? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was self-defense. What? If they were euthanized, I can guess the cause of death. Well, that's pretty smart. Barry put the call in. Oh, we got that. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Rev is killing it in the chat right now, by the way. Parents can pick birthdays like names. I mean, if you're close, if you're close, I guess. Fourth lane, you're fired. Shut up, Clarence. All right, uh, back to our sports headlines. The NFL is under investigation amid claims of gender discrimination and harassment. Um, Lawsuits or investigations have been opened up in both California and in New New York by both states' attorney generals. Um, After a couple of things, one, there was an article that came out late 2022 by the New York Times or the Washington Post. And uh, it was just an investigation into uh, how the NFL is run in the front office and claims of sexual harassment, claims of gender discrimination, racial discrimination. And a lot of the information in there um, was vetted. And so I guess it caused some alarm. So they have the right to do that. So they're in initial uh, inquiry right now. They're gathering facts and interviewing people. And they've requested a bunch of stuff. Have the attorney generals of California, New York. So we'll see. Uh, There was something that was posted in the article that I read. And and basically what they said is one of the one of the examples that was given or used was that after the Ray Rice incident, after the video came out uh, showing Ray Rice physically attacking his uh, wife on that elevator, um, the NFL issued a memo to people saying, hey, look. We need to address this with our teams and our folks and come up with how we respond to this and what we say. And um, one of the females that was in charge of a a team 
said that she had a discussion with her team. She had a conference call. She had people on the line, right? She gathered her team together and said, look, this is what happened. The video came out. And one of the guys um, on her team's response was, well, I mean, he provoked, she provoked him. So, you know, she kind of asked for it was basically what he was implying. You know, I mean, she instigated it. She was, you know. Uh, and then several men on the call kind of backed it up. They were like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Why do we got to? So that doesn't help. And then I, I'm sure there are a ton of other um, situations that will be brought forth. I mean, you look at what goes on just at the at the team level. Take Washington, for example. It's no surprise that in a male-dominated uh, uh, business that these uh, organizations and the league would be under investigation for something like that. It, it It's... It's, um, I'll just say it's not surprising. You know what I mean? The, the machismo and the, uh, well, we can do anything we want. <laughs> and then just the, the ignorance of dudes in general. So, um, NFL X gender discrimination handshake meme. Yeah. Uh, big 12 football is trying to rip off the big 10 for putting games outside the U S last year, the big 10 scheduled Nebraska, Northwestern and Ireland. I didn't know that. I had no idea. What a dumb thing to do, though. You think Ireland gives a shit about college football? No. No, they don't. So, uh, next up on the list of headlines. Hmm. Oh, boy. Jackson Mahomes has, was arrested for aggravated sexual battery charges. And um, a couple things about this. Number one... He, uh, their video has surfaced. So a, a female came forward and, and, um, went to the police and press charges and said that he, um, he choked her and forcibly kissed her several times. Uh, she got loose. He did it again. This was all in her office, uh, at, I guess a club or something like that. And, um, you know, of course, he's uh, probably denying, oh, no, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. Uh, she said he was drunk, and then it was probably because he was drunk that he did it, but that's not an excuse, first of all. You don't get to just be like, well, I was drunk. Sorry for committing that crime. Not okay. But video has surfaced. Video has surfaced of the incident, and I had it. I was going to download it and play it, but it is kind of disturbing when you look at it, when you think about what's going on, when you think about the fact that she didn't invite this, she didn't ask for this, she didn't want this. He forced himself upon her. Um, it was pretty, it, you know, it was disturbing. And, and it, I could see where it could be also triggering for people who may have been through something similar uh, or have been sexually assaulted or are victims of sexual assault or impropriety. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to show it, but it's out there if you want to go find it and watch it. And it is a little bit disturbing, and you can see that 
she definitely doesn't like it. She's pushing him away. She's telling she's trying to put on a brave face at the time and kind of laugh it off uncomfortably, but you can tell. And she's stunned by it and and obviously didn't appreciate it and filed charges. And um I'll just say this. Jackson Mahomes is a garbage human being. He is a huge piece of shit. And I hope that Jackson Mahomes, uh, and I won't even say if guilty of this, because you can see the fucking video. He did it. He absolutely did it. I don't even have to say allegedly. Fuck that dude. But I I mean, I, I really, I hope this dude goes to jail. I do. I hope he goes to jail. And I hope once he's in jail, he gets his ass beat every fucking day. Because this dude is nothing but a fucking gravy train, first of all. He's a gravy train. Yo, Posh, thank you for the reset. But not only is Patrick Mahomes just a gravy train and piece of garbage, um, he thinks that he can do whatever the fuck he wants and there's no consequences. It's obvious in this case, he thinks, I'm Jackson Mahomes. I can just grab a female by the neck, forcibly kiss her without her asking or uh, you know, o- being open to it, uh, and, and then do it again when she pushes me away because I'm fucking Jackson Mahomes, man. Which, by the way, what the fuck does that mean? You are nothing. Literally, you're the brother of somebody who has accomplished some shit. Well, I'm a TikTok star. Yeah, and you would be absolutely fucking nothing if your brother wasn't a famous NFL quarterback. You think you'd be a TikTok star if pa- if uh, Patrick Mahomes was a fucking janitor? No, you wouldn't, you weirdo. So Jackson Mahomes, bury him under the jail. I don't give a fuck. This dude is annoying. He's a gravy train. He has zero talent. He has zero skills. And he's a piece of shit, garbage human being. I hope he goes to jail. And I hope he gets his ass beat every day. And if you don't like that, I don't give a fuck. I really don't care. Because this is also the guy who went to a restaurant and... Uh, they didn't seat him and his party in time, and they were like, "Ah, oh, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close this bitch down." And he goes on social media and he's like, "That place sucks." And they were like, "Hey, uh, Jackson Mahomes, I'm really disappointed that you would use your platform uh, to to talk shit about a small business when in fact you weren't patient enough and you wanted to de- and demanded us to seat you right now and your party we didn't have the room the restaurant was full we weren't going to kick out any paying customers but you took it upon yourself to go to social media and make things up to try to destroy our small business which not only helps us feed our families but we employ several people in the area as well and they rely on us to pay their bills and feed their family but you would rather because you got offended that we wouldn't seat you and your party ahead of anybody else and at that very moment got offended. So you took to to Instagram to try to get us shut down. And, dude, the backlash from that was great. So that's just two examples. Never mind him doing some fucking bullshit dance, some Fortnite TikTok bullshit dance on Sean Taylor's number on the sidelines. Never mind all that. He's just a piece of shit. And so I hope he goes to jail. I hope he goes to jail for a really, really long time. I do. Fuck this dude. And they asked me on um, they asked me on the, the the press box in Wichita. They asked me about that. They were like, hey, do you think that it's fair 
that Patrick Mahomes would suffer any grief or anything because of his brother. And I was like, absolutely not. He's not a reflection of his brother. Like we all have a sibling or a, a relative or somebody that is a weirdo or a degenerate or a bad person. Is that reflective of us? No. So now I don't think you hold that against Patrick Mahomes. Not in the least. I, I don't and I wouldn't. I mean, it's not his fault. His brother's a fucking idiot and a piece of shit. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. So no, I don't hold that against Patrick Mahomes. It's also not his fault that his wife is an annoying person as well. Ugh. Can't stand a poor Patrick. But you know what? I mean, this is you surround yourself with. I mean, well, you can't pick your siblings, but you can't pick your wife, but whatever. Um, Flip said, just saw the video. Not good for him. No. Not good for him. Fuck. Not good for her. Like, it's disturbing. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Tony said death penalty. Okay, that's, that's a little aggressive. I mean, I can, I'd can i wish an ass, a jail ass whooping every day for him. I don't know about the death penalty. I mean, he's not a, he's not a horse in the Kentucky Derby, Tony. Uh, I even said, yeah, I'm an alcoholic and my bro drinks two beers max. Oh, so you're the brother. You're the Jackson Mahomes of your family. Ugh, everybody fucking hates you and your family, Ivan. Gross. There goes Ivan. Old TikTok star Ivan. Embarrassing the family, doing dumb shit. Look at me, I'm the best. No, your brother is. You're just an asshole, Ivan. Ivan Jackson Mahomes. Cisco said, I definitely have a fuck it up, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, it's probably you. So. Uh, McLevin said, my home's wife is a total boo. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Well, what's up, McLevin? Good to see you, buddy. Chris Sam Houston said, is it Andy Reid's fault that this that his kids are screw-ups? I mean, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, uh, are you going to blame parents some kids are just mentally fucked up you know what i mean some people are just cuckoo you just it's chemical imbalances or maybe they sniffed glue or i don't know maybe i mean maybe um andy reed's you know done his best and his kids are just rebellious you just don't know you know you get mixed in with the wrong crowd you get on drugs you do dumb shit you just don't know i've never been that dude that wants to blame other people for a grown adult's actions or a kid with its own, you know, uh, ability to and faculties. And I mean, there are some instances where parents and parenting can have an effect. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you can't just pin it all on a parent because a kid is a screw up. Man, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but in the case of Jackson Mahomes, I just. I don't know if I made it clear, but I do want to make it unequivocally be unequivocally clear. Fuck that dude. All right, next story. Oh, man. Bob and Richie. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Bob and Richie? I don't know. Is that, a, is that an R&B group? I don't know what that is. Bob and, is, that, uh, is that Andy Reid's kids? All right. Um, another four goal night in the NHL last night, man. I'm telling you guys, deckheads, you're going to listen to me eventually. I promise you, if you just watched 
the rest of the games that you could watch in the NHL playoffs just this year. I really feel like you'd get hooked because I watched one just for the hell of it. And it's been forever since I'd watched hockey. And then I was like, you know, the Leafs were doing well and they, they kind of stumbled into the next round um, or in the next at the beginning of this this round. But, um, you know, when we had picked jokingly picked the Leafs to be my hockey team, uh, I adopted the Toronto Maple Leafs, which happens to be the best year that they've had in decades. Of course, I get credit for it. Um, but I just was like, you know what? I'm going to watch some. I'm going to watch a few. I watched uh, I've watched several games now. And it's just so much fun. The crazy thing, though, the crazy thing, um, another another four goal night in the in the NHL last night, and I forget the dude's name. Okay, look, I don't, I'm I'm a new hockey watcher, so I'm not gonna know all their all their names, right? But two nights ago, um, uh, somebody scored, uh, Pavelski, yeah. Pavelski um, had four goals for the uh, Dallas Stars, but they still lost to the Seattle Kraken. Four goals, and you still lose. That's the equivalent of going for 50 in the NBA. That's the equivalent of three or four touchdowns in the NFL. You know, uh, it's just that's four home runs in a baseball game, and you still lose. So Pavelski had four ho- uh, four goals. And the stars lose. And then last night, uh, Dre's Dre Sadie. I'm probably saying that long. Uh, Vegas uh, overcomes Dre Dre Sadel. I don't know. Whatever. Some hockey dude for the Edmonton Oilers. Four goals for the Oilers, and they still lose. Uh, and don't don't mind the empty netter that you saw at the end. That shit is just. I by the way, can I just say this, Dry Siddle? Oh, thank you, thank you, Mark. Hey, what's up, Dr. Dre on 290? Good to see you, pimp. Um, yes, Dry Siddle. Thank you. See, I don't know the names. I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. Only reason you don't hear his name more is because he's on the same team as Connor McDavid. Oh, okay. Seidel. Oh, well, there you go. Dry Seidel. Okay. What a stupid name. Anyways, um, I'll say this. So uh, in hockey, it's kind of cool because I, there's so, so much about the sport of hockey that I enjoy watching. Um, one, obviously, is it there's a lot of action, right? Like it's it's not in a lot of people are like, oh, it's just soccer on ice. And I've made that joke before, but it's really not sons and seven. What's up, grimy season? Thank you for being a first time chatter. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the show. Uh, hey, don't go nowhere, by the way. 4.15, I got my buddy Joe Blank joining me. We're going to talk NBA basketball. And you might be like, well, who the hell is Joe Blank? Spent 23 years in the front office for the Houston Rockets as their director of broadcasting. Another four years with the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, we used to do a radio show together here in Houston on ESPN Radio for three years. So we get together every Thursday at 4.15 to talk all things NBA playoffs. So stick around for that, man. If you're an NBA fan, you're going to really enjoy that conversation. And he knows his shit. So it's a good convo. We, we usually spend about 45 minutes to wind up the show. So hang out for that. That's another, what, hour and 15 away? Hang out. I think you'll enjoy it. Anyways, talking about my newfound love of NHL hockey. One, it's definitely not soccer on ice, as I joked about in the past. It is a lot more action, right? Now, you don't get a lot of scoring, but but you do, in fact, right? Let's think about a football score. What's the average 
What is, let's see, what is the average score of an NFL game? Uh, Let's contextualize those 43.4 average points across 108 NFL games in 2022. So apparently the 43.4 points was the average, right? Um, That's down 3.8 points. But let's just take it at 43 points. If you figure that um, that's seven touchdowns, roughly, right? Just that's seven scores. Um, last night's hockey game was six to four, 10 scores. It seems low because you're not getting six point for a goal. Um, but if you were, then yeah, last night was 36 to 24, which sounds a hell of a lot more fun than six to four. But there's a ton of, and this NHL playoffs apparently is bananas. It's cuckoo. It's crazy compared to some of the, uh, other NHL playoffs in the past. The goal scoring has to be way up. But I mean, yeah, you, it's it's a uh, so it's it's a ton of action. It's brutal. Tons of hits, fights. Um, there is some skill involved, but but there's also some luck. I mean, if I watch some of these shots. I'm not gonna lie. I watch some of these shots on goal, and I'm like, mm, you got lucky as shit. But it's the same thing if you just watch like a bank three pointer. You're like, okay, you didn't call glass on that. You got lucky, right? Some catches, some throws. But you'll see guys just like, I, I feel like, and I don't, again, I don't know a shit ton about hockey and, and my hockey fans in the chat can back this up. Um, but a lot of times it's just about getting the puck into the center of the ice in front of the crease and in, in, in front of the goalie, because then you have a better chance of scoring. So sometimes dudes will just, you know, just shoot it at the, at, at the net. No, not even looking like the other night I just watched the dude. Uh, did a, a backhanded shot. Wasn't even really looking at the goalie or the net at the time. Knew where it was, obviously, and just and it went in. And it's like, okay, you even the look on his face when he made it. He was like, "Oh shit, that went in." But you know what? I ain't mad at it because it's crazy. And some of them were very skilled, though. I mean, um, a couple nights ago in that in that Stars game, when uh, I don't remember his name, Pavlik or whatever the fuck, uh, Pavelski. He had one that he hit it out of midair with the with the thin part of his stick into the goal. I was just like, that's insane. So I I know I sound like a huge NF, NHL honk right now, and I don't know shit about the sport, to be honest with you. I still don't know all the rules. I know about offsides. Um, I'm not even sure if they're saying board check or four check. I don't know what hooking is. I don't know any of the penalties. So I've got to learn all that, and I'm probably going to learn it all this weekend so I can keep watching so that I understand the game more. But just give it a shot for me, deckheads. I wouldn't steer you wrong. And Sean, shut up. Shut up. Sean, the dude that hates everything is like, hockey's two out of ten at best. God damn it, Sean. Are you really going to sit here? I, I would rather watch hockey than soccer any day of the week. The action, the excitement, the fun, the scoring. The, the, the fights, they're not flopping. They're men. They're real men on skates, you know. Yeah, sure, they're, skate, they're on skates, but no, it's not soccer on ice, Flip. is exactly what I just said. You weren't listening. It's definitely not soccer on ice. <sighs> um, but it's like, dude, like, like one dude got busted in the face with the puck, goes to the back, sews him up, bring him back out. He's still playing. Dude's getting hit. One dude got hit in the knee. 
right back out there. I mean, like, it's crazy. Uh, Jeff Bell said Panthers Maple Leafs is must watch. Bro, Edmonton Oilers on a power play or must watch. I mean, as a given, they're going to score apparently. So I'm just having fun. I'm really, really jazzed. It's such a white term, by the way. Oh, I'm super jazzed about the hockeys. Oh my God. I'm so jazzed about it. It's, a, it's a really like a white girl saying, I'm so, I'm so jazzed. Uh, Eric said, okay, what the fuck, Barry? Why does soccer don't have anything to do with this convo? Because Sean's a soccer fan. That's why I did it, Eric. See, I value your input, Eric, because you're like, hockey games are badass. I do recommend it. I love that. Thank you, Eric. But you got old hating-ass Sean, who's like, eh, hockey, do it a 10. So, yeah, I had to shit on soccer because of it, okay? I had to. You know me. You can't just come in here and talk shit and me not fire back. So, yeah, I find what you love, and uh, I try to destroy it with words. Yeah. So there you go. It's not my fault. Sean's a dumbass kayaking moron. Look at that stupid ass boat. Look, look at this dumbass boat. Look at that dumb boat. Hey guys, I'm in a kayak. I love soccer and kayaking. Fucking hippie. Um, what does it say? Blades of steel. No. Ice hockey on NES. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody mention, uh, oh, Sean said NHL 94 was dope. Yeah, it was. That was the one year I was super into uh, hockey. I told you all this, but I, I played uh, um, uh, NHL 94 all the time on Sega and became a huge Rangers fan that year. And then I was like, stop playing it. So I stopped giving a shit about hockey. But man, I, I feel like I could really get into uh, hockey going forward. I really could. I really could get into this going forward. I think I might be a lifelong hockey fan for a year. Uh, Bear Brother123 said, tweet it out if you can. What's up, Bear? What do you mean tweet it out if you can? Tweet what out if I can? Tweet what out? <clears throat> Posh said hockey in person is real fun. Hell yeah, it is, dude. I've gone to a couple Arrows games. <sighs> Good times. Kayaking and soccer, dude, has horrible taste. <laughs> Uh, show me your TDs. What's up? Show me your TDs. Long time. No talk. Uh, show me your TDs said, nah, basketball is like watching a TV soap opera. Not really. Not really. It's the same. Like, I don't know. And maybe I wasn't giving the NHL guys enough credit when I said, sometimes they just get lucky and do shit. But that's kind of like when I watched Steph shoot the other night when they were making that comeback against the Lakers, which they fell short of, obviously. But there was one point, you know, Steph's like dribbling around. He gets a layup, uh, gets fouled. They're making their comeback, their final push, their final run. And there was one time where he's running through traffic. He gets the ball to, I don't know if it was Clay in the corner or somebody in the corner, and they get it right back to him. And he, he has his back to the basket when he catches it. And he just turns around, fading away. It looks like it's off one foot. And he just throws it up. And it was pure. I mean, just no rim, it just it's, and I was like, that lucky son of a bitch. I mean, he's just he just like just, 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 just lucky. But is he though? Is he? So I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving hockey players enough credit. Um, I'm like, you can't shoot and not look, but there's no look passes, so why not, right? Um, What's up, uh, Bear Brother? Is it what up, Barry? That dumbass boat. Yeah, yeah, that's Sean and his stupid ass boat. Stupid ass boat. I still don't know what you mean by tweet it out. I have no idea. 
No idea. <clears throat> um. Oh yeah, you're right, Donna. Joe Pro is our resident hippie. He's well, he's our resident. Um, he's not a hippie. Well, I mean, he kind of is. He lives in a one-man compound commune. Can you have a commune with only one person? What's up, poor Marine? Good to see you, homie. Thank you for being here. Uh, and thank you again for yesterday, man. I told everybody else thank you. I wanted to say one more time, man. I, I know you kind of get in here a little a little after, but wanted to say thanks, dude. It was uh, it was crazy, so much appreciated for real. Um, cocaine Bear, I'm saying that game was legit. Oh, what did Amos say? Amos said, last time I cared about hockey was Blades of Steel. Oh, yeah. Uh, McLevin said, dude, hockey in person might be the most exciting sport to see up close. MMA? depending on the fight obviously but yeah hockey uh in person probably up there with the best because here's the other thing if you think about baseball is slow as far as action goes right um football is slow as far as action goes it's 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 10 seconds five seconds and then it's sitting around for 24 that's the that's the crazy thing to me it's people who are like, oh, man, football's the best. All oh, the action. All oh, the action, bitch, is three to five. What's the average length of a football play? Let's look that up now. We know that the average game score is 42-ish, so seven scores. Okay. So a four to three baseball game has just as much scoring as a 42-point football game. And a four to three hockey game, same way. We know there's never, never a four to three soccer game, so I won't even use that as an example. How long does the average football play last? Uh, uh, um, an average football game. Uh, I just want to play. Like, how long does a play take? I feel like it's like three seconds, five seconds, and then they sit around for 24 unless they go no huddle. Basketball obviously is nonstop, right? I mean, you'll have some slowdown in the action as they set up plays and shit like that. But, dude, something about hockey, it feels like it's just nonstop. Like, they don't pause and and, and then you bring in players and then let's reconvene and inbound again. They're doing that shit on the fly, by the way. That was uh, <clears throat> to the uh, detriment of Edmonton last night and too many men on the ice, which led to their to the empty netter. But... I mean, I don't know. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm this huge hockey stand, but fuck, I'm into it. Oh, my God. Going to sit down tonight. Going to sit down tonight. Give me some uh, whiskey. Get my laptop out. Sit on the back porch. Smoke a cigar and watch some hockey. Give a fuck about basketball. Give a fuck. Don't want to watch the Astros because they suck. Jose Abreu is the, is this, is the millennial version of Carlos Lee. <laughs> this is what, that's what he is. Everybody's hurt. I don't know. Uh, you have a James Harden on your team. Get it? Gets it all day. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, show me your TD set from whistle to whistle. I think it's like thirteen ish seconds. Well, no, because you've got the you got the play clock and a lot. How many times is the play clock? There's no play clock in the NHL. You know, what I mean? this is my point. There's like there's there's a twenty four second clock in basketball before you run a play to actually score. But the NHL is literally just go. Puck drops, go. You'll have an icing call, but, like, it's just, I don't know. It's fun as shit. I just need to do a better job of me being my old ass being able to see the, the puck. <clears throat> but even then, I don't give a fuck. Um, 
Yeah, Reyes said no Astros tonight. They'll go because they weren't going to get my my oh, two eyeballs anyways. Those will be watching hockey. I promise. I want to see y'all. What? 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 Uh, yeah, I would agree with that, Sean. That's a great point. Finally, finally, the stupid kayaker. It sounds like a racial slur. You stupid kayaker. Get out of here, you dumb kayaker. Oh, sorry, kayaka. It sounds like a racial slur. Uh, it sounds like it's something you would call a white person, right? Look at this dumbass kayaker. Get on my damn nerves. Stupid ass kayaker. He does. He sounds that sounds like a like a that's like the time I told you I had a black dude call me a casserole monkey. He's like, you stupid ass casserole monkey. I was like, what the fuck? That is the greatest racial slur for a white person I've ever heard in my whole life. But now I think kayaker might be pretty good too. Um Ponch said, Wow. Wow, what? Eric said, damn it, bro. Soccer's out here catching strays. I listen. I try to sit down and watch soccer. I, I yeah, I can't, man. At least with hockey, you know, like I respect the the uh, uh, the the manliness of it, the toughness of them. Fucking get hit in the face with a puck, they're right back out there, like spit the tooth out. Let's go, let's go, and then they're gonna find out whoever did it and go beat their ass. But it's like a gentleman's ass whooping. You know what I mean? Like, once you have a guy in a compromised position in hockey, they stop. I mean, you get like one or two goons in the whole league. But for the most part, it's a gentleman's sport. Although I will say this. The one thing I don't like, and then we can move on. If you want. I don't care. Uh, the one thing that I, I'm always like, oh. Empty net goals, for some reason, make me feel sad. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> No, you're handsome. Stop it. Stop it. Ryan, you a hockey fan? You uh do they have hockey over there? Just fucking with you. Uh you a hockey fan, Ryan? I am a new uh hockey fan. I just I'm over here professing my love uh for hockey, so. Uh Brother Bear said one or three teeth. Yeah, dude. Teeth are at a premium. Teeth in the NHL are like cigarettes in prison. Yeah, you can get some shit done with some teeth in in the NHL. You can get some shit done. Uh, Ray and Clint, I follow you, Baz. Yeah, um, that's yeah, they're in short supply. All I would say is, if you're a dentist and you want to make some money, you could just say, "Hey, I'll be the dentist of an NHL team." You'll make a killing. You'll be making fake teeth all the time. Sean said the trick is you got to spend a trillion dollars and a thousand hours watching soccer. Uh, I used to make fun of soccer. Mm, eh. Isn't spitting chiclets a podcast, a hockey podcast? I think it is. It's like Barstool or some shit, which is a great name for a hockey podcast, by the way. Um, Barry sounds like that cousin that just found Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm trying to get you guys excited about hockey. I'm trying to broaden your horizons, Amos. I'm trying to broaden your horizons. By the way, some dude on uh, NHL broadcast, was it last night? Uh, is in big time trouble because he made a joke. Um, oh, what was his name? Let me see. Let me type in Lizzo. It's like PD something hockey. PK Subin. P. 
P.K. Subin uh, is a commentator on um, ESPN's. Uh, it, it's like their TNT at the half show with Ernie and Shaq and Charles and Kenny, right? And um, so P.K. Subin, and I'm probably saying it wrong, so fuck off, uh, old head hockey fans. I'm learning, all right? I don't give a shit. Don't correct me. I mean, correct me because I want to get it right, but also I don't give a shit. I don't even get names I know right right. Yeah. Anyways, so P.K. Subban, it might be like Saban or Subban, ban, ban, whatever the fuck his name. P.K., not Penguin Katie. Uh, but P.K., this was his quote. <clears throat> this was May 2nd. He said, and I quote, I don't know, maybe they need to pack a Lizzo-sized lunch. And then somebody tweeted out and said, will there be blowback? Uh, and then, of course, everybody was like, that's gross. That's not okay. This is some chick named Allison says Lizzo-sized lunch. Gross comment by P.K. Subin. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then somebody's like, sis P.K. Subin. By the way, fuck your cis male shit. That's so stupid. That's not fat phobic. It was in poor taste, but I don't know if it's fat phobic. Is it fat phobic? I don't know. And then Mark Madden said, P.K. Subban, Subban, Subban. How am I saying it, Mark? Am I saying it right? Subban. Thank you, Mark. Mark's got me got my back on the hockey pronunciations. Uh, Subban will probably be in the Hall of Fame for uh, diss tracks, maybe. Mark said, I thought it was hilarious. Donna said, oh, Lordy. Uh, Dr. Jan290 said, Allison Footer said that. What? 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 Yeah, most of them wear mouth guards, evil death. Uh, most of them will have a mouth guard in, but f good luck. Uh, a hockey puck coming 100 miles an hour at your face. You might, I mean, that's like getting hit in the face with a baseball. You might have a mouth guard in, but you're still going to probably lose a tooth. Like just the impact, I'm guessing. Um. <sighs> So here was some of the Twitter comments. PK Subban fat shamed Lizzo. Typical Subban clown move. He's just horrible on ESPN. Um, that was Mark Madden. Steve, some dude named Steven said, my dad on Subban Lizzo's comment last night. Subban took sheep shots all through his hockey career. Why did, why did anyone think he'd stop after he retired? Some chick named Maya was like, sis PK Subban really just say Lizzo uh, size lunch. That's not acceptable. That's fat phobic. Here's the deal. I mean, we can't have this both ways, right? If you're going to celebrate your size, which Lizzo does, if you're going to celebrate your size, if you're going to... um. You know, I don't know how to, I don't know another way to say it other than, you know, celebrate. If you're just going to be, hey, I'm big. I like to eat. I don't care what you think. This is me. This is me in this uh, two piece bikini. This is me dressed in these yoke. I'm a big girl and I don't give a shit. Okay, but you can't say I'm a big girl and I don't give a shit. I'm a big girl and I love to eat and big is beautiful. And then get mad when somebody makes a lunch joke about big people, in my opinion. I mean, like, what's the. You're literally telling us to normalize it. 
you're literally asking us to say it's okay. So we can't make jokes about it because we make jokes about everything else, right? It's the same argument kind of with the the Dave Chappelle and the trans community and, and Ricky Gervais and the trans community. And people were like, ah, you can't make jokes. And he's like, well, they're people too. I make jokes about, I make jokes about fat people. I make jokes about race. I make jokes about religion. I make jokes about Christians and Muslims and black people and white people. Trans are people too. So we can make jokes about them, right? I mean, Lizzo is a amazing artist. She's a big gal. You can't make jokes about that. Just it, it, as a comic, I think there was far worse things that could have been said, especially if you take pride in your size. If she was, I struggle with my, you know, like, like, okay, here's a good example. It's like Jada Pinkett Smith, right? And the joke about her hair. It'd be like, oh man, maybe they should get another wig like Jada Pinkett Smith. A little bit different. A little bit different because she has an ailment. She can't help it. Still a joke. I mean, look, I, uh, you know, still a joke. But some people are going to get offended. I just, I don't think this is that big of a deal. Um, I'm sure he's going to get into a, a world of trouble. But I just, in my mind, rationalizing it as you celebrate your bigness. You're proud of it. Which I say, good for you. I hate how my, I hate my size. I hate how fat I am. I'm embarrassed. I'm sad about it. I look in the mirror. I'm ashamed. I, I sit here on this show. I look in this camera and I hate it, but food is delicious and I can't stop eating. Also, I'm lazy as fuck and I can't start running. I can't stop eating and I can't start running, but God damn it. I hate the way I look. I just told you a story last night. I saw my buddy Ashton Womack who's been in New York killing it. The first thing he says is, bro, you're thick. Yeah. Was I like, this is not okay, Ashton Womack? No, bitch, I know, because I just had 58 slices of pizza before the show started. So I just think it's bullshit. Like, you can't celebrate something like that and then get mad when people get in on it. It'd be different if Lizzo sat on Oprah, or not like sat on Oprah, but like was on, was on the show. And was like, I'm ashamed of my weight and I can't help it. And I'm sad and I've got a thyroid condition and, you know, uh, this, that, and the other. And it's like, okay, well, now you're just being a dick. PK Subban. Is it like that slow mark or is it faster like Subin? Or do I, am I saying it right when I say Subban? I feel like I'm dragging it out too much. I don't know. Just my opinion. Some people are not going to like that. Some people are going to say it's not okay. I don't, I listen, I'm a fucking comic. I, I feel like I operate with a different mindset on some of this shit. Andy Huggins always told me this. Who does the joke land on? And, and, and when you write a joke, who does it land on? And, and is it okay for it to land on that person is the second thing you have to look at. I don't know. I'd like to, I would, I would be interested. I haven't done this, but I'd be really interested to go out and do a Google search and find. Yeah. But I don't know. Jim said Sue Ban. I know Mark already said that, but it's like, am I saying it too slow? Am I saying it too fast? Um, but yeah, I, I, um, what the fuck was I going to say? I don't remember now. Shit. Um, what did Dre say? I'm joking, Barry. Oh, Allison Filter said that I'm joking. Oh, my bad. I was like, what? I, what? 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 Um, 
That mouth guard is just easing the impact from a one pound frozen piece of rubber. Yeah, traveling 85 miles an hour. Oh, 85, that's it? Yeah. Um, be a brand ambassador for big. He was trying to find an entertaining way to say big. And if Lizzo didn't clap back, she normally does. People should mind their business. Okay. Um, Evil Death said, I miss jokes, but nope. Not saying those words. Nope. You quit the nonsense, you handsome devil. Oh, thank you, Justin. You sexy son of a gun, you. Missed out on some good comedy back in the 80s and 90s. Yes, we did. Yo, what's up, E3? Good to see you, buddy. Bro, running outside consistently is so fucking hard. Yeah, tell me about it. I know. Exercising consistently is hard. Moving is hard. Stretching is hard. Especially when you're 48 and like to eat. And you have a thousand things to do on a daily basis. All of which really don't contribute to the bottom line in any way. So now you just shame eat in your house because your wife wears the pants. And she's the man of the house and the breadwinner. And you're just, you know, the house husband that stays home. And when she gets home, you have to hand her the remote and go, here you go, honey. That's the life I live. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Hardest NHL slap shot is around 108. Okay. Mark is, uh, Mark is, I think Mark has probably got a boner right now. With all this hockey talk. Don't you, Mark? Don't lie. Mark and um, Jeff Bell. Who's the other hockey fans in here? Mark, Jeff Bell. Ivan's a pretty... Ivan's only a hockey fan because he can gamble on it. Once curling comes back, Ivan's going to be gambling on curling and know everything about it because he's a fucking weirdo. Uh, Brother Barry said, Richard Pryor, George Carlin would get canceled. Then again, make a killing on pay-per-view. Here's the thing about canceling now that I've realized. Oh, yeah, Jim Sports that I like harky. hockey. Horky? I like honky. What? That would be great if that's what, like, a, I like honky hockey. Honky honky. Um, There's a thing about getting canceled, right? Like, they tried to cancel Chappelle. He was, you know, a lot of people were upset. Um, people at Netflix said they would walk off the job because of the transphobic uh, jokes that they felt he made. <clears throat> The same thing with Joe Rogan. The, the interesting thing is we were at a point in this country with comedy and, and other things where, um, you know, people were getting canceled, right? Oh, nose is itching. Who's talking shit about me right now? Damn it. Lizzo's out there talking shit about me. Heartthrob says he's a Blackhawks fan. Oh, I'm sorry. That says Blackhawks. Fan. Hey, I'm not judging you, Heartthrob. You be a Black Cox fan all you want. You just be a, you know, if you like Black Cox, that's up to you, buddy. I'm not here to judge you. You make your own decisions. Uh, Clarence said any comedian before 95 would have gotten canceled. A lot would. A lot would. Does Burr have a wild card that keeps him from getting canceled? Here's the thing about Burr. We'll get to that. Let me, okay, so let's put a push pin in Bill Burr. Remind me E3 and I'll answer that. <clears throat> Let me go back to a couple points I was going to make. One, Um, you can't cancel somebody that can't be canceled. And what I mean by that is people with like a built in following and a built in fan base and a built in support system in a smaller scale, kind of like this show, 
you, you can't really cancel that, right? I mean, they tried to get Chappelle canceled because of his um, <clears throat> his trans jokes. And the trans community was pissed and other people were pissed. Eventually, Reyes. Right? We'll get to it. Um, but Chappelle has such a huge audience. And a lot of them weren't offended by the jokes. So they were like, this is just jokes. We're, I'm still going to go to his concert. I'm still going to buy his shit. You know what I mean? So the same thing with Joe Rogan. People try to get Joe Rogan canceled. Remember the video that came out of him saying the N-word over and over and over? And the funny thing is Joe Rogan said he was watching the video and even he watched it and was like, stop saying it. Stop. He's like, that was a lot. Stop saying it. Like he was yelling at himself as he's watching the video of himself saying it. But did they cancel Joe Rogan for saying the N-word like a bajillion times? They tried. Did they cancel Trump for grab her by the pussy, making fun of a handicapped reporter, be, saying racist shit about Mexicans and black people? I mean, did they, you know what I mean? Like, did they cancel Biden for sniffing kids' hair? I mean, there's, uh, these are, I was trying to just be fair on both sides of the political spectrum. My point is, like, for to use Trump as an example, along with Rogan and along with Chappelle, if the fan base is so big, I'm not saying that it's, you, you can't get canceled. You can't, you know, you just have carte blanche. But that's kind of up to the fan base. You know what I mean? It's kind of up to the people that watch it. So if PK Subban has a has a huge following and the ratings are through the roof, I mean, sure, sponsors might pull out. Weight Watchers is like, we're not going to spend any more money on ESPN. I mean, we're really. I'll give you an example. Bud Light. Anheuser-Busch. You may have thought, ah. They're not cancelable. You can't cancel Budweiser. You can't cancel Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. Man, the fuck you can't. They're scrambling right now. There was enough commotion made about uh, having a transgender spokesperson. It pissed off enough people, which I, for one, I'm a Bud Light drinker, and I, I didn't give a fuck about that. Like, that has no effect on me. That has no bearing on me. It'd be the same thing if fucking, and I can't stand the dude, but if Tucker Carlson was to come out and be like, I drink Bud Light. I wouldn't be like, oh, pff, gross, fuck this. I'm going to drink what I drink. Don't give a shit who speaks for it. That's not, I don't buy it because some a, a, a trans person speaks for it or some political person or an athlete or an endorser or any of that. How fucking dumb do you think we are? That just got politicized um, because, oh, let's be honest, people right now are like up in arms that everybody's getting equal representation. It's my two cents, but, but enough people made enough of a stink about it. that Anheuser Bush is now like, yeah, we fucked up. Plain and simple. We fucked up. We fucked up with our base. Potch said you bought bud because of the frogs back in the day. Ah, uh, no. Bud. Wise. Err. Like I should have grown up drinking Miller Lite. That's all my dad drank. Miller Lite and Pearl Lite. Huh. Pearl light. I don't know if you guys know this or not. It is made uh, from urine, uh, from frog urine, and and uh, and it's they they take saliva from a goat's mouth. <clears throat> it is kind of an ask me anything about anything where I know everything there is to know about everything, but they basically take uh, saliva from a goat's mouth and they blend it with frog pee, and then that's how they make pearl light. Um. 
But yeah, I, I should be a Miller Lite drinker. I don't know why I drink Bud Light. I don't know. Probably is that rebellion against my dad. I'm not going to be an alcoholic like him that drinks Miller Lite. I'm going to be an alcoholic that drinks Bud Light. I'm my own man. I can stand on my own two feet. Well, not really. I get kind of wobbly and fall down because I'm drunk. But you know what I mean? I can fall on my own two feet. I don't know. I just don't believe in all that. Like, you can't cancel somebody or that's not cancelable, if that makes sense. Now, let's talk about Bill Burr for a second. Because Mimi, less filling tastes great. I used to love those commercials. Love those commercials. <laughs> Alan said, I've had a few pearls in my day. That and Lone Star. Yeah, he never drank, he never drank Lone Star. It was always, I just remember driving to Kenny, Texas to go see my grandparents. We had a cooler in the back seat. This was back when drinking and driving was frowned upon, but not, you know, a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal. People still died. But, you know, it's kind of like seatbelts weren't a big deal for a while. Seatbelts, whatever. We'll just, if the kid goes through the windshield from the back seat, you should have been sitting in your seat, fucker. I told you don't get in the middle. Also, I told you to stop kicking my seat. I'm trying to drive. That's my dad. <clears throat> but yeah, back in the day, drinking and driving was just a fucking thing. I remember my dad. Just you know, he'd probably watch this and be like, "God damn it, boy! Why the fuck you out here telling everybody my business?" Well, because you're the dude that used to drink and drive and had a pee cup in his car. That's dedicated to drinking and driving. If you have a cup in your car to pee in so that you can drink more. That is a professional drunk driver. Uh, he's going to hate this if he ever sees it. Anyways, yeah, I remember we had a cooler in the back, and my dad was just, my mom and dad, me and my sister, and my parents both smoked, and they wouldn't really, like, roll the window down. They would just crack it just enough to flip the ashes out. So the just car would be full of smoke, and my dad would just be driving, and I just rage smoking. Hate this fucking family. And he'd be like, "Give me another, give me." No, he called them red dots. Give me another red dot. And Pearl like, look it up. And he would, uh, you know, we'd get one. And, and that was back when they had the pull off um, opening tab things. Now they got the little. Because uh, baby birds and ducks are dying because they're eating the pull-off tabs from the cans. So now we just got the one that all stays together. Yeah. Good times. All right. Uh, Bill Burr, and then we're going to move on and do some sports. I want to talk about Dusty Baker and why he's right because I was right. We'll get to it. And then don't forget, 415, Joe Blank going to join me talking NBA. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Flip. Donnie, put that window up. I'm going to catch a draft. Um, I'm just making sure I didn't miss anything actually good in the chat. Even though I said tomorrow, are we drinking Modelo or Corona? Bitch, we're drinking Diet Coke, and if I make a trip to Specs, Crown. And if I don't, probably Grey Goose. I don't know. Hell, I might, uh, nah. I smoke cigars. I got to have whiskey, so. Um, I have, no, I'm out of four roses too. I got some rye. Maybe I'll just drink. I'll drink my berry on deck, prideful goat rye. Neat. That's what I'll drink tomorrow. And tonight, probably. 
So Bill Burr, everybody was like, uh, who said it in the chat? It was uh, E3 asked about Bill Burr, uh, but I wanted to get to the question. Uh, <clears throat> E3, E3, Burr is one of my favorites. There it is. Does Burr have a wild card that keeps him from getting canceled? Here's the thing. Um, again... It's it's the built in um, it's the built in fan base with a guy like Bill Burr, but also Burr has a way of making the jokes that you're like, wow, that's that's really makes sense and it's honest. And in most cases, you have to really pay attention because it sounds like he's making fun of somebody else when in fact he's not right. Like he's um, and, and, and I say in some cases, he just flat out is, but it's, it goes back to what I said earlier about what Andy Huggins, and I talked about who does the joke land on. And if you're a really skilled comedian, like Bill Burr is, you have the ability to make a joke that sounds like you're making fun of somebody, but in fact, it's, it's actually landing on somebody else or yourself or whatever. So Yeah. That's that's part of the magic of Bill Burr is you feel like, oh, man, he is absolutely trashing this, that, and the other. And it is not necessarily the case. Sometimes. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he's just like, fuck it. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's just my two cents anyway. Uh, let's see. Uh, I love Bud Light on you, bro. What? Yeah, I, don't, I love Bud Light. I don't give a shit. Brandon Gary, God damn it! I still hate you for making me buy that garbage shit. Ugh, fuck! It's awful. Just ugh. God, I hate you for that. It says I've moved on to Orange Jameson now. Oh, there's Orange Jameson. Well, that sounds like uh, I don't know. That sounds like a cheat code, right? Like I don't know if I'm allowed to drink and enjoy Orange Jameson. <laughs> I feel like if you drink whiskey, eh, it's supposed to suck a little. It's supposed to sting a little. It's supposed to give you a little, ugh. It's like cigars. You know, some people smoke sweet cigars. I, for one, try to uh, try to be a man and, and make it, you know, smoke cigars that burn. I'm just kidding. Uh, we all know truck driver Pookie is a Modelo Gordo. Huh? Okay. His Red Rocks special is incredible. Oh, Burr. Yeah. All of his stuff. I love, Bill Burr is my favorite comic. I love Bill Burr like the best. Jameson Stout was pretty good. I don't know what that is. Uh, but yeah, Bill Burr by far my favorite comic. Barry always read my stupid ass chats, but passes on my good ones. I mean, they're all stupid ass chats. TDP. Good ones. Uh, Jameson Black. I don't know if I've had that. Yeah, Clarence said Bill Burke can hang out at the family reunion. Well, I mean, he is married to a black woman, so he's probably gone to a couple barbecues. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Modelo used to be $9 a 12-pack until white people got a hold of it. Yeah, and there you go. All right, let's talk about uh, Dusty Baker. See, I told y'all is the headline. 
And you're probably thinking, well, what is Barry right about now? Ugh, so sick of this. He's always right. You know, I turn on his show and he says something and I think, what a dumb take. And then like two weeks later, turns out he was right. Or two months later. Well, as you guys probably know, Astros have been having some arm issues. You had Urquidy go down. Uh, Luis Garcia left uh, after like eight pitches of his start. We've had a couple of arms on the Astros uh, suffer some early season injuries. And even back when it was going on, Dusty kind of said something. Um, but he said, look, I hate to think that the this might be caused by the World Baseball Classic. I hate to think that these Latin American players are asked to go out and ramp it up and 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 pitch a lot of innings early as opposed to it being a controlled uh, you know continuous and gradual um incline to get season ready and then instead they're just like get out there go 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 win it for your country do it for your country i mean the, the astros already lost jose altuve he hasn't played broken hand thumb They've now got two starters that are uh, on the IL. And he said as much. I, I hate to think it's about the WBC. This was the quote. I just hate to think that some of our guys, especially the Latin guys, went to the WBC, are coming up lame, and I'm just hoping that wasn't part of the cause and the problem. And it's easy to say, ah, that's it, it. Look, this is a man who's been around baseball for a really, really, really long time. He's old. I mean old. In fact, a lot of y'all don't know this, but Dusty Baker was actually on the first ever baseball team. He basically helped invent the game. When Abner Doubleday was like, what do you think? Should we make it a circle? Mm. It wasn't. It was Dusty Baker that said, nah, let's make it a diamond. So he's been around the game for a while. But um, what he's implying, and, and he's he's not coming out and just shitting on the WBC because he can't. It's kind of like coming out and just shitting on officials or officiating or umpires, and you, you can't just be like, "Well, that guy sucks." You're gonna get fined. You can't you can't disparage the good name of the league. So he's not just come out and be like, "The WBC sucks." But what he's implying is probably something that everyone in that organization is thinking and everybody in every other organization is thinking. Remember now, the WBC was beloved by the fans and some of the players, especially, you know, the players that were winning. But remember, um, who was it? The Yankees? Was it the Yankees? No, the Mets lost their closer. Astros lost Jose Altuve. Other people got hurt. The Cardinals lost. Uh, who'd they lose? Who was actually was one of the guys who was lifting weights in preparation for their for Team USA's game? Carpenter? I don't know. The point is, a lot of big names lost because of the WBC while it was going on. And now you've seen other names and other players suffering similar fates. Later, when arm issues tend to arise. So but I think uh, your boy was right, and so is Dusty. 
I think this thing needs to be moved to post-World Series. I forget who said that in the chat, but I thought it was the absolute best take on this. Play the WBC the week after the World Series is over. Well, but you can't because the two teams. It's two teams. It's two teams. And if they love it that much and they give a shit that much, then, then go play. It's just a couple more weeks. What's the big deal, right? You say that shit while it's in, in, in um, you know, spring training. Well, fuck it. Oh, but it's November. There's indoor stadiums. Get you in playing in Tampa because I know it's usually played in Florida somewhere. Playing in Tampa, they got a cl- they got a closed in stadium. Um, <clears throat> only thing you're right about is Ivan living in St. James. Okay, that's not true, Clarence. That was maybe one of the worst things. Uh, one of the worst takes in the chat today. Can they call up some pitchers from Sugarland who are big league ready? I mean, I'm, they will. They have they have arms that they'll call up. But Chan, what's up, Chan? Chan said WBC wasn't the issue. If they did Grapefruit League in spring training, they'll still come up lame. WBC has pretty tight restrictions on pitchers' starts too. That's not it. That's not it at all. Uh, the point that he's making isn't that these guys are going out and pitching because yeah, they do that in. And I saw the I didn't read the the whole thing, but. I saw that it's kind of somebody mentioned the Cactus League and 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 all that. Oh, blame the Cactus League and Grapefruit Leagues too. No. That's spring training. But Dusty's point is you can run Urquidy out there in his first start and go give me give me 20 pitches. And then you bring him out. And then the next start he goes and gives you 30 pitches. And then you bring him out. And you extend to the rest. It's not a five-man rotation. It's not pitching every third, fourth day because your country needs it. You might go seven days. Get your good rest. Do some uh, pitching and throw it on the side. It's a slow, slow ramp up that gets you, and they have it down to a meticulous science that gets you to the point where come opening day, you're good to go. You're ready. And the thing is, it's it's kind of like uh, it's like you you know it's like in any sport. These athletes are their body is on a clock. Their body is on a schedule, a yearly schedule. They're used to the season starting at a certain time. They're used to the preseason starting at a certain time. You know they're used to all that. They're used to getting ready, and it's kind of what you see when you took out the fourth preseason game. People said, "Man, football was sloppy at first. Or when you when you decrease the amount of time that the NBA has before they start regular play or any of those things it matters but i don't think dusty baker who's been around baseball and knows more about the the sport than all of us combined in this chat would be throwing that out there for no fucking reason i mean let's be real everybody in this chat can have an opinion everybody in this chat can tell me i'm wrong and he's wrong what the fuck do you know how many games have you managed how long have you been around baseball I'm with you. Zero. Me too. But if we're not going to take it from a guy who is literally as old as the game, who the fuck are we going to listen to? Because none of y'all know shit about the sport. Just like me. You know, if you if you want to bring in a baseball guy, Chan says, wait, wait, wait. Does MLB the show count? Yeah. Yeah. Chan's like, oh, gosh, boy. This thumb's going in the Hall of Fame, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take his word for it. And there's, look, there's, if you go back, just Google it, chat, go back, go back and look, 
teams were coming out adamantly saying they did not like the World Baseball Classic. It puts their players at risk. And they don't like it. And that's the whole point. It's not that it's not fun. It's not that it's not a good time. It's not that I'm against it. I'm against when it occurs. I'm against where it occurs. I'm not against it. What's up, Bash? Good to see you, homie. Uh, hey, can we get a a, a, a a shout out in the chat for Bash, please, mods? Somebody give my boy Bash a shout out. Um, but yeah, I mean, like none of us really know shit about this game. Not at least like Dusty Baker does. So I'm going to take his word for it. If Dusty Baker and every other Major League Baseball team in the world is like, it's kind of a risk. We don't like it. But you got Rob Manfred who's like, yeah, but the but the league's making money. It's good for the league. And the teams are like, we don't give a fuck. It's bad for business. Uh, did we get did we get Bash's shout out? God damn! Do we have any mods in the chat right now? Is anybody here? Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? 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 I don't even see it. Did we get it? I don't. I don't think we did. All right, I'll fucking do it. God damn it! Shout out. Let me just stop this. Shout. There we go. Thank you. I don't know who did it, but whoever did it, thank you, mods. Thank you, Jen. Uh, <clears throat> Dub said Dusty Baker's 137 years old. Yeah, exactly. I think he's older than that. Um, he played with baseballs stuffed with feathers. <laughs> he played back in the day when they, just, they didn't have gloves. It was just their hands. Uh, Brother Bear. What did I say? Hold on. Uh, my left hand is already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the jerking off Hall of Fame, Chan. Uh, it's like Chan's got it. It's like uh, he's in the the hand of fame. <laughs> it's like I've you know said like you know when you go into the into the Hall of Fame in sports they make you a bust. Chan's got his face on a bottle of Jergens. I'm in the hand of fame. Oh, I'm sorry, Chan. <clears throat> you bear that gotta have an opinion. You think that God came down and what? I don't even know what that means, Brother Bear. Did you what? Y'all, Brother Bear's drunk. I want you to look at this. This is like Brian Pettit and him got together and wrote this. I don't even know what the fuck this means. You, Barry on deck, gotta have an opinion. You think the emoji that God came down and bang, 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 ba bang, bang. I don't know what the fuck any of that is. There's like a googly-eyed face, there's a happy face, there's a brain, there's two fireworks and a bubble emoji. I have no idea. Brother Bear, have you been day drinking? What the fuck, man? <clears throat> uh, Bash said, yeah, these the these pitchers uh, have been bad lately. I've been losing a lot of innings. Uh, <laughs> a lot of innings betting. <laughs> yeah, see? Fix it. Stop doing it. Bash gets it. <clears throat> uh, mods asleep. Time to cause trouble. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Now, that said, it is uh, it is time once again. Let's see. Damn, this chat moves fast. Did you hear Disty on a brave stride? I can't tell if he's limping or pimping. Nice. I did not hear that. <clears throat> I did not hear that. Um, thanks, Bash. You're a truck. <laughs> I haven't called truck driver Pookie a truck stop mod. That's fucked up. Okay, Eric. This might be the funniest shit we've had all day. Eric said Dusty Baker doesn't know shit about baseball either. He's got Jose Abreu batting cleanup. 
Yes, indeed, my friend. That was hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, all right, we. It's time. It's time. Everybody, get your shot glasses out. It's three fifty-two. My boy Joe Blake going to be joining me at four fifteen to talk all things NBA, NBA playoffs. For those of you that are new to the program, don't know who Joe Blake is. One, he and I did a show on ESPN Radio for three years called The Usual Suspects here in Houston, Texas. Uh, he's also has 27 years of front office NBA experience. He spent 23 years with the Houston Rockets, another four with the Portland Trailblazers. So when it comes to basketball, I don't know anybody in my world or my life that has uh, better knowledge of the game than Joel Blank. And uh, I just hate giving him that credit, but this is just the God's honest truth. The dude's more right than he is wrong when it comes to the sport and the game and everything else. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk playoffs until this show's over. Usually he hangs out for about 45 minutes, and we just kick it and talk basketball and other things. We have a good time. Reminisce about the old school days and uh, everything else. So uh, we're going to do that. But in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, as we always do on this show, we celebrate our Patreon members. By the way, if you want to join the Patreon, there it is, patreon.com forward slash Barry on deck. Um Sign up, you support the show, you help me keep this thing rolling because literally this is all I do, this and stand-up comedy. So daddy has bills to pay. And if you enjoy the show and you like the show, or maybe you just want to support an independent artist like myself uh, to allow me to keep chasing this dream. Because one day, one day the goal is one of a couple things. One, we blow up like, you know, Joe Rogan style or Pat McAfee style. Uh, Two, we move this bad boy to like a Sirius XM satellite radio and we get so big that they, you know, we get it over there. Three, maybe we get our own gig back here on the radio in town. But we got to grow it in order to make that happen. So if you want to support, patreon.com forward slash Barry on deck. You get a ton of perks. I'll spare you all the gory details, but it's worth 5 to $10 a month. That is literally uh, $1.25 a week. And if I was doing five shows a day, that's a, that's a what, a quarter a day? We actually do four shows, but more hours. Uh, so... Uh, one of the perks, though, is we do birthdays. So all of our Patreon members get a birthday shout out when it's their birthday. Now, you know, not on the air uh, three days a week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So on those birthdays, we we still do the shout out. So here we go. Um, not only do we give birthday shout outs, we literally have the baddest, dopest birthday music. In the history of birthday music, this the shit. And we want to do the wop up in this bitch. Okay, that's a little much. Ah, uh, yo. First of three, we have three birthday shout-outs to get through, so don't do your shot yet. Y'all will be shit-faced by the time 4 o'clock rolls around. First birthday shout-out, though. FJ, my dude. FJ, I don't even know if you're here right now, homie, but I just want to say, man, thank you so much. Uh, FJ, it seems like every time I have a comedy show, I look up, FJ's hanging out, man, and I just I love that so much. That, that kind of support just means the world. FJ's been to a shit ton of comedy shows. He's a Patreon member. He's buying the merch. He's just fucking down, and I appreciate it so much. So, FJ, uh, wherever you're at, if you listen to this later, homie, I hope you have the absolute best birthday. Uh, I hope you get Roadhead or a hand job or whatever it is you're into, man. Cheers and happy birthday. That's one. 
But we got more, ladies and gentlemen. We got more. Oh, my girl, Dora. Dora. Yo, happy birthday to my girl, Dora. Y'all don't know. She's, she doesn't come into the chat a lot. She's not in the Patreon a lot, uh, the Discord or any of that shit. But uh, Dora's one of those that she's been rocking with us since day one and supporting from the get-go. She just... You know, she does it from a distance. So, uh, Dora, I love you to death, man. Thank you for still rolling with me. Thank you for still rocking with me. I appreciate you, boo-boo, so much. And, Dora, I don't discriminate based on age, sex, or religion. So, sweetie, I hope you get roadhead. Just be safe. Or a hand job. Or whatever it is you're into, Dora. Probably some weird shit. It's always the quiet ones you gotta watch. It's always the ones that sit in the back and just support from afar. They're into the weird shit. Uh, so, Dora, I love you, sweetie. Happy birthday. I hope you uh, have a fantastic day. Love that breakdown. One more to go. One more birthday to go. Uh, and it's not today. It's on Saturday. But I gotta say happy birthday to my All the way in the hill country, high Texas, baby. Cisco. Family. Yeah, SVG, that's Dora. Yeah. Uh, Cisco, homie, man, listen. Um, I mean, what do I say? Brother, you you've been one of the biggest supporters of me in so many different ways, man. And you always have kind things to say, but uh, I don't know that I say enough kind things about you, my friend. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of what you've accomplished. You guys don't even understand. Cisco had an idea and a dream, and he fucking went for it, and he is killing it right now. Uh, and I'm so proud because that's a scary thing to do. Uh, so, buddy, uh, listen, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Keep chasing that dream, man. Keep killing it. You are a success. Uh, and uh, I know I'm proud of you, and I know a lot of the deckheads are too. So, cheers. And happy birthday to you, Francisco. I hope you get roadhead or uh, a hand job. Or I know you, you're into butt stuff, so I hope you get pegged. Um, and I hope your day is magical and amazing, man. Happy birthday to all three of you FJ, Dora, Cisco. I, I forgot about the ending of that bitch. Happy birthday, guys. I love y'all. <laughs> Cheers. Ah. So good. Um, Chris said happy birthday and roadhead to everybody. Yeah, I think I should come out with like birthday greeting cards. Happy birthday, Grandpa. I hope Grandma gives you a good gumming on the drive home. The fuck? I think they'd sell like hotcakes. I don't know. Uh, yeah, everybody wish everybody happy birthday in the chat and, um, shots up for sure. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where'd this go? Where'd this go? Raid. What raid? What are you talking about? It's three fifty nine. We got another hour of this show. We got another hour of this shit show, Jim. Truck driver poker. Let's see. Happy birthday. Menteca. I don't know what that means. Crisco. What? Uh, that was quite the music change. Yes, that's a great breakdown. Barry, don't shortchange. That's three shots. No, no, no. Yesterday I did three shots. I'm not, not today, asshole. Not today. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. 
Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. Charter Pookie said one shot down. No, fuck y'all. I'm not. Listen, I'm a grown ass adult. Okay. I got shit faced before a radio hit and uh, a comedy show for y'all. But no, no, not doing it. Not going to do it. Uh, Total Dallas said, I hope your grapes get tickled. Well done, buddy. Well done. Almost timed out Total Dallas, but that was pretty good. Finally. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So f- coming up in about 15 minutes, I know I should take a break. Um, flip. I really should. Um, I'm probably going to have to peek with the shots and the Diet Cokes and the waters. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's um, let's take a quick break. And uh, I'm going to go pee. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? One break for a three-hour show? Come on, pal. Which, by the way, when I still do radio now, when I go and uh, I'll do radio on Sundays on ESPN with uh, Houston Sports Show with Jerome and Holly and Rachel, or I'll when I was doing Indy Kalou Show on 790 on In the Trenches, um, I would do those, and we would do like a 7 to 12-minute segment and then take a 5-minute break. And then do another seven to ten minutes, take a five-minute break. I was like, you guys are fucking spoiled. I'm over here doing three hours. I'd never leave the fucking chair. I never stop talking three straight hours. And you guys are like, uh-huh. oh, I'm exhausted, man. Radio is so exhausting, man. I was just did like seven minutes. And then half the time, you guys have a co-host. I should wait till Joel gets here. And then half the time, you guys have a co-host. And you don't even have to talk. You just be like, so, co-host, what do you think about controversial topic? And that's it. Bunch of pansies. (sighs) Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass, truck driver Pookie. He said, that mouth got stamina now, Barry. That's some funny shit. All right, go get the Gatorade bottle handy. Yeah, I know, right? I should have a pee cup like my dad did when he would drive. If my dad can pee while driving, surely I could piss my pants or piss in a cup while doing this show. <gasps> that reminds me. I don't know why I hit the DJ horn for this, but I still need to buy adult diapers because one day, maybe I'll do it on my anniversary show, which, by the way, May 11th, three-year anniversary of this show. We've been doing this every day for three years. I mean, not every day. There's been you know time off, but for the most part. Uh, excuse me. The shot did that. Ugh. God, that tasted like sadness. Um, wait for Joel, and as soon as he comes on, take a 30-minute break. <laughs> no, that's asshole move, McLovin. Um, you already have files. Don't add a peek up to the mix. What? Oh, flies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, Triple Out said don't do that. Um, so God damn it, Chris oh, Reyes, I love you to death, bro, but you got to let some of this shit go. Like Jen is going to fucking hate you. And there's nothing I can do about that. You don't want that smoke, bro. You got to let that shit go. Y'all just don't know when to stop on some shit. I do. I love you, buddy. I do. She's going to fucking murder you in your face. Just I can imagine Barry peeing in a bucket and hearing it over the mic. That would be embarrassing. Um, no one cares, Reyes. <laughs> ah, that's so goddamn funny. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Shunja Rapuki just timed out Chris Reyes for 10 minutes for giving out his birthday. See, no one gives a shit. No one. Yo, poor Marie. Thank you for the thousand bits, buddy. No one gives a shit, man. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's so funny. Say bye, bitch. Oh, that's hilarious. Pookie's the man. Look at that. That's how you make friends. You time out Reyes for his nonsense. That is hilarious. All right, let's do this. I got to take a quick break. Um, I'm going to go pee, and then when we come back, 4.15, my boy Joe Blank going to join me. I'm going to talk NBA and probably until the show's over. Usually he'll be going. I've only asked for like 15, 20 minutes of his time each Thursday, but inevitably we just get rolling and going, and he's nice enough to hang out, so we just do it until uh, 5 o'clock rolls around. Um... So, yeah, I don't remember what the hell I was going to tell you. Oh, yeah, Jen, don't let me forget, uh, on the anniversary show, I'm going to buy some Depends, and uh, I'm going to test them during the show. So, uh, I'm going to pee my pace. I'm not going to shit because I'm sitting down, but I'll pee. We'll see what happens. And we're going to do that on the anniversary show. We talked about that uh, with, when Indy Kalou joined me a couple weeks ago on the show, on the patio show. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do it. I'm going to get some Depends, May 11th, the three-year anniversary of Barry on Deck. I'm going to piss my pants live on there. So there you go. All right. In the meantime, I got to pee now. Now is not the time to do that. So I'm going to take a quick break before we get Joel Blank on the show so I don't have to leave again. Uh, Joel, thank you for the resale, buddy. Holy shit. 14 months? That's like a year and two months. I'm calendar smart. Um, Since then, I'm not reminding you about that foolishness. Fine, I'll do it myself. Chris from Sam Houston said, don't do that. I'm doing that. I'm already committed to it. I'm doing that. Brother Bear said Indy's replacement is trash. Well, okay. All right. Let me take this break. Let me get to, uh, let me go pee, get back. Joel's going to be here. I think Joel might even be in the green room already. I got to look. But I got to go pee so bad. So let me get this done. I'll be back. In the meantime, what we're going to do, if you're new to the show too or hadn't been around much, we are going to sit on the corner and do some dope. And if you don't know what that is, well, well, you're about to find out. Now, I don't have the updated video for it, so you just have to deal with the old school graphics, but uh, enjoy the music. I'll be back in a second. Don't go anywhere. Best part of the show of the day is coming up when Joel Blank pops in at 4.15 to talk all things NBA uh, until the show's over at 5 o'clock. So stick around. This is Barry on Deck. I'm your host, Barry Lavinick. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
back to uh, the final hour-ish of Barry on Deck. I'm your host, Barry Lavinick, man. Thank you guys for sticking around through the break. Yo, by the way, poor Marine. Uh, I don't think I thanked you properly for the thousand bits, especially after yesterday. I know I, I made sure to thank you uh, uh, about yesterday's insanely crazy eleven level 11 hype train, but... Uh, for you to be that generous again the following day, man. Thank you so much. That's super dope. Thank you for the thousand bits and the five gifted subs. Who got the subs? Let's see. Hold on. Um, five community subs given out by Triple Ot, uh, aka Poor Marine. They went to uh, who that boy Mike, Tony the Handsome got one. Uh, Chapo, what's up, homie? Sports Hub got a th- sub, and so did Vin's Not Diesel. Let's go, man. Thank you very much, Poor Marine. I very much appreciate that. Uh, got Joe Hernandez resub and Jim on Sports with the 69. I like it. Thank you for that, Jim. Joel, thank you for the 100 bits. You guys are unbelievable, man. Too crazy. Somewhere when, uh, when Poor Marine sent in that 1,000 bits, Jared Taylor went, nope, and logged off. He's like, mm-mm. Not doing that shit again. That too much. What's up, Chapo? Good to see you, homie. Uh, all right, coming up in about five minutes, we got Joe Blank joining me to talk all things NBA. We got to talk about the final four series going on. Oh, excuse me, man. Uh, by the way, I didn't know my wife was home. I guess she got home early. Uh, obviously, she didn't usually leave until four o'clock, but she's home. Uh, and of course, when I go out there, no, I don't know she's here. I've been in here the whole time with you guys hanging out. So I get done. I hit the music. I'm sitting on the guy. And I walk out. She's like, hey. And I was like, ah, shit. That's twice in a week. She's scared the fire out of me. I didn't get chills this time. But the last time she scared me, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I talk about pissing your pants. I almost did. And by the way, Pac-Man Joel. Yes, five minutes, 415, man. I got to. I got to get shit wrapped up and everything, man. You know how clocks work on shows. Look, just because this is on Twitch, Joel, just because if you, Joel, if Barry on Deck was on, you know, the prestigious radio that you're on, ESPN Radio, if I showed up early, you're not, you're not putting me on air early. You know, like my mom tried that once. I was like, all right, mom, your time is 3.15. I'm, you know, we'll get, I'll you join at 3.15 and I'll, I'll get you on the air. And then I had, um, I had, Joel's like, let's go. Time is money. Um, the, uh, uh, but, but the, so mom joined early just thinking, well, I'll just get on early and he'll put me on early. Cause I'm the mom. And then what she did is she fucking kicked off, uh, Des from Apollo media. I was like, mom, I told you fucking three fifteen. She was like, my bad. So Yeah. We got we got time frames, Joe. We got we got, you know. I got a look. I know this is not ESPN Radio. This is this is still, you know. I treat this like a professional show. I got to raise dough like you do for Taylor's All Star fundraiser. Oh man, I wish I was in the position to contribute. Maybe the maybe the deckheads will will throw in some bones. I don't know. We got to figure that out. Is that why you want in early? So you can do a fundraise? So you're using me? All the money I pay you to do this show. Zero dollars. No pay. He does it because he's nuts. <laughs> Did you know? ESPN has radio. Damn it, Total Dallas. Um, 
Chill said, bro, shows make exceptions for big time stars. Okay, fuck it. Fine. You want to go on early? Okay. He's not even here. <laughs> I look in the green room and he's gone. That's hilarious. He's not even there now. Damn it. Uh, all right. Here's the deal, though. If you want to ask questions for Joel, uh, NBA related, don't start firing off shit because I'm not going to read them. All right. I'm not going to read if it's not basketball related. But if you want to ask a question of Joel Blank that is NBA related, all you got to do is put hashtag ask the hammer in the uh, in the in the chat. And I will find it, and I will ask him that question once I get all my questions out of the way. It's hot in here. I got to turn this fan on. Shit. Sweat my ass off. Uh, um, like Titan Hugo did. There you go. Hashtag ask the hammer. So who is the rumored contest winner coming back? See, that's not NBA related, Titan Hugo. I mean, I'll allow it, but that's not uh, that's not NBA related. I told you, keep it NBA. It's Joel Blank, all right? We have Joel here because he is a basketball savant. He is an NBA savant. So don't start asking shit about Aaron Rodgers in the Jets. You're, that's I get to do that. You guys, you keep it NBA. And again, Titan Hugo, this is not, I mean, I'll probably still ask him about that because I'm curious. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, all right, well, he's back. Get the glasses off, Joel. Here we go. I'm coming to you live, buddy. Get him off. See, I was nice enough to warn you. <laughs> Joining me on the program right now. Like he does. Oh, every Thursday at 415 or 410 and then demands to be on early. Barry. Oh, you know. Yeah, that Barry. Okay. Oh, sorry. Hey, hey, here. Hi. How's it going? What's up, buddy? God, Joe I don't know Blake. why we're starting early. I mean, I thought I was early and I was waiting to, for my start time. What's going on? <laughs> I thought you still had to poop your pants in a diaper. Uh, no, I'm not going to shit myself on air, uh, but I will. I'm going to pee you myself. Did that already? Did I? I think I did. I think I might have. Did I, I, did I poop myself? You snorted that cocoa? You didn't, you weren't wearing the white, you weren't wearing the white painters, but I, I, I thought. I still have those jeans, by the way. I'm too fat for them, but I still have them because I'm like, one day. Forever 21, right? I think they might be, yeah. That, was, see? <laughs> that might be the only pair of Forever 21 jeans I have, which they run super small. <laughs> so. T-shirts you got, buddy. I deserve that. I'll All right. you the t-shirts you got because that was your claim to fame for quite a while. Yeah, now that is true. I threw them all out. I'm way too fat for, for Forever 21. I'm like Forever 218. Forever temporarily. Yeah. 13. Yeah. I'm like yeah, Forever 218 now. Um, all right. Hey, I got a question before we get into the NBA. And only because a few people now. Have asked me about this, <clears throat> and then Titan Hugo asked it in the chat. But I've had a few people hit me up in the really? last couple of days, and they're like, "Are you going back to ESPN Radio?" I was like, "What?" Oh, and they were like, "Yeah, uh, we heard they were saying that they're bringing back a contest winner." I was like, "Well, it ain't me. I mean, at least I've had no conversations. Uh, is that a thing? Are you guys bringing a contest winner back?" No, I think without letting the feline. Completely out of the whole holding utensil. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're talking about bringing back a contest at the pass. Oh, they're going to bring back Rock the Mic. Why, why do you always have to do that? Like, what? why can't you just let the suspense roll 
and not get me in trouble instead of just going, oh, yeah. Well, you didn't say it. You, I said it. You didn't say it. They, they can't get mad at you. Besides, nobody's watching. It's just us. Who you, who you got just, in the cricket playoffs? Just two guys chatting. That's still one of the funnest shows we did when we fucking just... What were we talking about? Like axe throwing and shit? That's so oh, funny. Auto racing, Formula One. They thought <laughs> uh, we were going to be like all stumped. And then we just completely hammered them with yeah. like information and racers and everything. And they were like, okay, I'll take my stuff and go home now. So great. So great. Uh... Yeah, so there you go. All right, um, that was okay because people were like, "Oh," I was like, "No, I don't believe that's the case." Well, there you go. Well, that makes sense. Cool. Maybe I uh, I should enter. You should. I'd be all for that. I'd be a judge. Bro, do you then. know how funny that would be if I showed up? I was like, "Yeah, I'm here to then. enter the contest." I hear I get airtime. I could be the judge, and I go, "You know, Barry, here's the first bit of advice I could right give up. you." <laughs> You need to get to some practice in front of some people because yeah. then you might feel more comfortable and warm you, up on air a little bit more. You need to get some reps. You need to, you know, yeah. yeah you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta practice a little bit, and uh, you know, you'll get better. You hang in there, buddy. Iron you'll out the figure wrinkles, it out. Get comfortable in people, dude. That would be so feel funny free to like get, get rid of your filters and maybe just say some things because you're not very good at that right now. <laughs> Dude, that would be, they'd be like, you're not allowed. I'd be like, what? I'm not a, I'm not an employee. I'm not a, a, you know, I'm not married to an employee of the station. Are you discriminating against me? Ah, <laughs> oh, that would be so great. All right, let's talk some NBA. That's why you're here, damn it. By the way, thank you again. Uh, but let me introduce you to those. I didn't give you a proper introduction because we were messing around as we always do. But for those of you that are newer to the program, not quite sure what you're looking at here, uh, that guy, those people over there, uh, but my guy, Joe Blake, him and I did a show here in Houston, Texas for, I don't know, three years called The Usual Suspects. At one point, our number one show in the city for several months in a row. Uh, and not just, you know, just at our station. Number one in the books, baby. Best show on Sports Talk in Houston. And uh, so, yeah, we spent a lot of time together. But this guy also is the most knowledgeable NBA person that I know and that most people know. He spent 23 years with the Houston Rockets, another four with the Portland Trailblazers. He was the director of broadcasting for the Rockets for most of that time that he spent there. All of it or most of it? Most. All of it. Damn, my bad. You went in as the big dog. Um, So there's really nobody that knows NBA better than Joel. And we've had really good conversations over the last couple of weeks about the NBA. And that continues now. Uh, You can find Joel if you want more Joel Blank in your life. You can listen on ESPN Radio every day, 12 to 3 here in Houston. It's called The Killer Bee Show. He does it with Jeremy Brandon, another friend of mine. Uh, Great dude. They have a great show. Make sure you listen, support. You can listen on Twitch. Uh, You can listen on your radio. And, uh, yeah, check it out and support. You can follow him on uh, social media, at Pac-Man Joel with a K. All right. Was that a good intro? Was that better? Better. It's pretty good. Well, you know. You know, just, you know, if I was like someone else, I might say that you hammered him for $18.33. Another winner right here. You know, I had this idea, Joel. I swear to God, when I was promoting the Roast of Houston Sports, I really thought about because, you know, I've heard these on radio in the past where they'll go out and they'll get like in the past. I think I had heard like Adam Clanton had done a few commercials or he would do. I don't know what is what what. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he would uh, what like voices like uh, 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 impressions he would do. But he would, you know, at the end, it'd be like celebrity voice impersonated. I wanted oh, to he's, get. He's- 
you look, I'll be the I'll be the bigger man yet again. But um, <laughs> he's really good at Jim Rome and yeah, Jack that's Gundy what it was. A, a few others, yeah. That's what it was. But uh, so I thought, you know what I should do is cut a commercial for the roast of Houston sports at the Houston Improv and let the hammer do it. And I was going to have you with a record it. And then I could like put the glasses on. Yeah. And then get real close to the camera and then have a suit on and then have that little hammer and then a little <laughs> microphone. <laughs> I knew a comedian who wanted me on his show and he paid me zero dollars and zero cents. Still to this day, it never gets old. I just, I don't know why. Usually, like, you know me. Usually, I'd be like, okay, I'm sick of it. I just, to yeah. this day, I'm just not Remember sick when of it. I used it. to do the face before Twitch. And the listeners didn't know. They had no oh, idea what you were doing. The face, that's right. The face there made me so lose it. To know that I was doing it. Oh, God. The face was the best part. Fuck. That used to just get me. I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, we've got a ton of uh, questions already in the queue. Keep it up. Keep uh, hashtag ask the hammer and uh, we'll get you. Uh, we'll get you in the queue. In the meantime, um, God, I don't even know where to start. Nick's heat kind of feels like a non-story at this point, right? It's like, eh, it's of all the, 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 the series left. That one is like, eh, I mean, know? I think for it, it's, it's similar to what happened in the Celtics Sixers series where mm. the road team wins game one and they immediately just kind of mail in game two in the heat's case. They sat Jimmy Butler. I don't think they had to. I don't yeah. know that it was the smartest idea to do that, but they did, knowing that they did what they had to do. They got home court back. They're in a better position. From Philly's perspective, they got game one. James, who early in a series, I, I, the minute it happened, I said, okay, did that in game one. See me in games five, six, seven. Yeah. Let me know if he has the capability of doing that. But once they got game one, it was like, well, let's just get Embiid comfortable again, get him some reps, and even if we don't win – we got we did what we had to do too. So I I think that both of those series are games where you are, are are at the point where you're just like I think both road teams mailed it in knowing they already were in the position they needed to be in. Okay, that makes sense. I, uh, of the of the four though, is it safe to say that this this Knicks Heat series is kind of eh, until Jimmy Butler gets back at 100 percent and does something similar to what he was doing in the previous series? I just I mean, the Suns and Nuggets is a sexy series for a bunch of different reasons. Celtic Sixers, obviously, for different reasons as well. But then Lakers Warriors is is the series that, which is odd to say when you consider it's what six, yeah. seven seeds. But you look at the star power and everything else on yeah. the line in that series. Nick's Heat, though, I'm just like it's uh, until Jimmy does something because no one gives a shit. Which maybe we should, but outside of New York, no one cares about the Knicks. Like, it's not you know, a sexy team at all. Even Jimmy Butler makes Miami. How much overplay can you get for just the atmosphere in the Madison Square Garden? Because mm -hmm. really, outside of New York and Stephen A. Smith and the Blowhards, who cares about the atmosphere in Madison Square Garden? Give me Randall playing. Give me Butler playing. Give yeah. me two teams taking it down to the wire. If that continues to happen, super right. But. You know, it's like Boston and Philly. You've got star power, but one of them was sitting in game one. The other one did something that we didn't know he could still do in game in game one. Mm -hmm. But in game two, the Celtics kicked their ass, and now you're wondering, well, did the switch get flipped, and is Boston just going to roll the rest of the series, or are we going to have something? Phoenix, Denver. Denver, surprising me, 
looks way better than I thought because Jamal Murray Same. woke up. Yeah. And I didn't expect to see that Jamal Murray who looks better than Devin Booker right now. Yeah. So Phoenix has got problems, but... I love that, that people are calling said, him Bubble Jamal Murray. They're like, oh, look, it's Bubble Jamal Murray's back, which, you know, if you recall, Jamal Murray was the talk of the bubble. Like, it was just... Him he and took Butler. Over. Yeah, yeah, him and Jimmy Butler, yeah. So, um, well, let's, let's start with... Um, Let's start with that Nuggets Sun series, and I'm going to kind of work our way up, right? So we talked a little Knicks okay. Heat, but eh. but it, it, that Nuggets Suns series, um, you know, you mentioned you know Murray uh, uh, balling out now, Jokic, and we kind of slept on the Nuggets. Um, how big of a loss is Chris Paul to the Suns? That's the real question. Huge. I mean, the the, the Nuggets huge. getting Jamal Murray play is great, but what about the Suns? It's, it's a huge loss, and it's it's coupled with the fact that Cameron Payne, who has been a really steady backup since Phoenix got him for CP3, he hasn't played yet either. So now it's like point guard by committee. They're looking at Booker. They're looking at playing guys that haven't barely gotten off the bench to get into the series. And then even Monty Williams is saying, and we'll just have to live with them maybe taking some lumps and making some mistakes. At this point in the season, with the star power you have, you could ill afford to lose Chris Paul knowing that your backup was already down. And I think that as much as I was about to say, hey, Denver just held serve. Phoenix, if they come back home and do the same thing, we got a series we got everybody wants. But without Chris Paul, I'm not sure if they can do that because I believe that Denver is a very deep, loaded team. I thought next to Milwaukee, Denver was one of the deeper teams in the league. And now if you get this Jamal Murray to go with Michael Porter Jr. and the, the, you know, the, the, good, the good one that you're getting – and, and and the Joker being the Joker, and then all the, the role players stepping up, they're not only deep, they're healthy. And so I worry about Phoenix being able to do what they, you know, Gordon Gordon's a guy that I thought was overpaid for what he does. But Aaron Gordon, to do what he's been doing, and especially defensively, give them a bigger athletic body to put on multiple different guys, I think it gives Phoenix a problem because Phoenix doesn't have depth. They, they gave up their depth to get KD, mm. and it maybe gave me the first indication that Phoenix is the rest of this season away, where in the offseason they can try and replace Cam Johnson and Bridges and some of the guys that they lost, get some shooters and some help, and maybe they, they don't have enough talent and firepower for this year. It's funny because Phoenix was the opposite of L.A., right? L.A. gave up a star and got depth, and Phoenix gave up depth and got That's a star, and now we're looking at it like, hmm, well, who's – you know, I, all things being equal, the Lakers are deeper. Two two great superstars, but they just have depth on that 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 team. And One and of a course, half. yeah, and of course, Reeves, uh, Austin Reeves, emerging as a as a young superstar as well. But in in Phoenix, what do you do, Joel, from an X's and O's perspective? I said this week, and tell me if I'm crazy, but I'd also like your opinion on it. What do you do now that CP3 is benched? They said through at least game five, which there may not be a game six. So he, we may have seen the last of him this year, maybe forever. We'll get to a question that Chris had from Sam Houston. But my opinion was, at this point, I just let Devin Booker or Durant bring the ball up. They, they don't have a legitimate point guard that's as good and can run that offense like CP3. So, you know, it's kind of that mode where I let one of those guys, let the offense run and flow through them, especially a guy like KD who can, you know, he can play point forward. He could do that. He's capable. What would you do? So I would put the ball in Booker's hands because Booker is a capable ball handler. 
And you're already overworking KD because the bigger question to me, Barry, is what are they going to do defensively? Because like, who oh, are you going to stop? True. Yeah. Because you, you've got Aiden undersized against the Joker, and the Joker having his way doing whatever he wants. And when he wants to play bully ball, he takes <laughs> Aiden on his hip and puts him right down in the popcorn machine and goes to work. And then you got Murray and the two other options when you got Gordon and you got Porter Jr. and then you got K, uh, KP uh, um, Caldwell Pope shooting the lights out. You've got. So many different guys. Phoenix's biggest problems, I think, are defensively because I don't think they match up well. And it's hard for them to try and stop all the different shooters and firepower that Denver has. Defensively, dare I say this, because you're talking about and the guys we mentioned in Denver's front line are bigger. I would try and run more. I mean, you've got mm. gunners on the wings that are all capable in transition of finishing and pulling up. I would try, if I'm Phoenix, to try and push the pace because now you're going to tire out the joker. And you're going to probably put some mileage on both Gordon and on uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. And then maybe you see them try and find answers and not so good fill-ins in the front line when you're talking about, you know, guys like, was it Green? And and some of the guys that they bring off the bench, they've got some pretty, like, back nine of their career type guys that they're going to have to rely on. If I'm Phoenix, I push the pace. I put the ball in Booker's hands. And I try and get a lot of transition. And if I'm Denver, I say, I dare you to stop more than one of us. Because you can double one of the Denver scorers. But how many? But then you run out of personnel to try and stop all the guys they could put on the floor. Yeah, it, 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 it's a huge problem uh, that they have. Hold on, I'm adding, adding a couple here to the queue. Uh, all right, so um, a follow-up question kind of to that. What? what hold on, it's just, I'm having a computer problem here. Let's see is always the guy that's so computer illiterate and IT non-savvy doing this to me on a day when I've got a lot going on. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, uh, the course and not even playing golf. There we go. Uh, ask the hammer. Hashtag ask the hammer. Should, C- should CP3 hang it up? I mean, is this... Uh, well, does he still have anything left in the tank? I mean, it, it appears so. But it's a, I think it's a fair question from Chris from Sam Houston. Should he just call it a career? Chris is one of my all-time favorites. I'll answer it. I think that one of the bigger things you got going for it, you Barry, is the fact that should Russell Westbrook retire? Because I don't think Russell Westbrook should retire. And I think that what he showed with the Clippers is he might not be the kind of player that he once was. He's still a player worthy of being in the NBA. And I think Chris Paul, you look at it from the perspective of body of work, only thing missing from his whole career is a championship. So if you get him Kevin Durant and say, well, now it's time for him to step away, it's absolutely the opposite. Now there's enough firepower, and I'm assuming they're going to add some more role players, like I said, some shooters, some, some backup wings, some guys that can make this team deeper and better. Chris Paul might have his best chance ever one last time of winning a title. So I think he's got to give it at least one more year. He might even try and restructure his contract to give them even more flexibility so that he can get that ultimate coup de grace for his career and the point God can get the ring that is the only thing that's basically eluded him in his career. And I think next year is his best opportunity, a full season with Kevin Durant, skip the injuries, get some more depth, and he goes. And then maybe you don't have to worry about him breaking down every single year in the playoffs because they're trying to get too much out of it. The, the crazy thing to me, though, about Chris Paul's injury, and, and maybe this is, you know, what do I know? But this isn't like, you know, Kawhi had the the uh, knee issues and ankle issues. And in the case of what happened to Chris Paul, it was just a, it was a groin, right? It was just a, a groin injury, which isn't necessarily wear and tear and the, 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 um, 
the result of not having load management, right? To me, load management is like what they should have done with guys like Yao and others who have foot and ankle and knee problems. That's when you do load management because like, you know, they're chronic and they're always going to be there. So you try to limit the amount of wear and tear until these guys get to the playoffs and they're healthy enough to run a full playoff schedule. In the case of Chris Paul, it was just kind of a freak thing again. But, it's just, but the Barry, timing is terrible. It's the, that's the base thing. It's just the timing is terrible because I don't agree with the way the Clippers handled Kawhi because yeah. they did everything that they could possibly do to rest him, and then he did it again. I mean, it's the same thing, right? <sighs> yeah. I think that the bigger discussion is: Do you do it before you get a major injury? Or do you do it to players after they get one? Because it's like you and I would discuss on baseball. Everybody forever in a day said if they had a bonus baby pitcher like Strasburg or Jabba Chamberlain, well, we got to handle them with kid gloves. Even if it means the playoffs, we got to shut them down because we're worried about Tommy John. Both guys ended up with Tommy John. So, you know, Chris Paul, it's wear and tear because he uses that slide step to get to the elbow and he's constantly jabbing and moving. And he also doesn't like to sit down. He likes to play. And maybe this is a case where next year, and again, you get Cameron Payne or you get a younger, better backup and say, CP3, we're going to do something different. We're going to take down your minutes during the regular season. We're going to make you sit down every back-to-back on the second night just so that maybe, just maybe, with one last really big hurrah in the, in the chamber for this team, we need you in the playoffs, and maybe we should load manage you more than a lot of the superstars that are already load managing too much. Are you a fan? Of, we're going to get to Celtic Sixers next, but are you a fan of load management? I, I I'm not. I mean, like, you know, uh, who it. was it? Was it Chuck that said it? Charles Barkley was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, we, you've never seen this before until now, and you had some of the greatest basketball players of all time before this generation with him and Dr. J and Jordan, and these are guys that didn't lose. Kobe, could you imagine trying to go to Kobe and tell him that you're going to have to load manage? He would tell you to no get way. the fuck out and, of and here. The There's is, no way. You go from you go from Mikhail and Charles and some of the guys that even did, they, tri- they flew commercial, yeah. and they went on benders after games. They had mm-hmm. beer in the locker room. They were getting blitzed after games. Yeah. But they came back the next night and the next night and whenever the schedule said, and they did their job. The fact is, is now it's one thing to say, oh, LeBron spends a million dollars on all the different things he does privately with the the, the hyperbaric chambers and the the you know the, all the different stretching and all that. Okay, great. But guess yeah. what? Then play every game. Yeah. Because you know, because the family of four that's taking their one opportunity to go to a game all year somehow gets tickets for the one time LeBron comes to Cleveland or comes back to an Eastern Conference city, and then he sits out? Yeah. I mean, sit <clears> all the, sit home games. If you're good, I don't think you should be sitting at all unless you, you know, have a legit injury. Yeah, I definitely agree with that on the road. You shouldn't sit. And, and if you are, I think it should be mandatory that you have to, uh, barring some sort of being on, on some sort of injury, I think they should be like, okay, yeah, you want to load manage? We can't stop you, but here's the deal. You need to schedule that load management in advance so that fans don't buy tickets because they can look at it and go, oh, Saturday, um, you know, the the Lakers are in town, but it's a it's a load management day for LeBron, so I'm not going to waste my money and buy tickets. Well, I, and I think very teams not? are already starting to try and do that. They're trying to let you know, oh, Kawhi doesn't play the second night of back-to-backs. So right. they're trying to, but then the caveat is, well, the second night of a back-to-back, we're playing the Pistons. But the first night of the back-to-back, we're playing the Celtics. So yeah. suddenly, all of a sudden, he doesn't sit the second night. He you know, he sits the first night or vice versa. And then you still got people that say, well, you didn't let me know. So teams don't have an answer for the repercussion. 
They just think they're outsmarting everybody for the amount of times that they need to rest their stars, and it's backfiring. Kawhi is the latest example of why you should stop load managing because whether you do it or not, the injury-prone guys are going to get hurt, yeah. and the, the, the guys that aren't are going to play through it. Yeah. Erickson just said all the load management that the Clippers did for Kawhi just for him to get injured in the playoffs. That's the thing is you don't even know. You can't predict injuries. You can tr- and you can't really prevent them in a way, right? They're just if they're going to happen, right. they're going to happen. Some dudes are just snake bit and have bad luck, like Chris Paul. He just has terrible luck with injuries. And I, I just Well, and the other the other thing you throw into is you could do everything, say Barry, you tore your ACL. Well, I'm going to sit make sure and I, I nurse you with load management because your ACL, then you play on a game you're scheduled to play and you step on someone's foot and you sprain your ankle severely and the injury happens anyway. So it's a different injury. Yeah. It's the same result and you don't have the player that you need for the playoffs. So regardless of whether it happens because it's a, an injury you've already sustained once or it's because something else happens playing the game of basketball, I think you just got to tough it out and earn your money. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, Wallace had a question about load management. Um, he said, do you think that LeBron, uh, it says LeBron, but do you think LeBron created load management to ensure his scoring record is never broken? No. I mean, I, I, I think, think he, I think he tried. That. I don't think he invented it. I think Greg Popovich and the Spurs were the first ones that I remember doing it because they had a national TV game and he sat Parker Ginobili and, yeah. and, and Duncan and didn't care. And, and I that was when, that, well, that was when Kawhi was there. That's when, I mean, it really yeah. blossomed load management for Kawhi because Kawhi is kind of the poster child of load management at this point, but he developed that in San Antonio, like you said, with Pop. Yeah, and I think that the other thing, if you want to make anything to where it's a LeBron thing, I think Le- LeBron's whole thing was trying to make sure he got that record and making sure that he could sustain a certain level for a certain amount of years because that record meant the most to him. And then and next to that, it's the championships because he's constantly chasing Jordan and the greatest of the game so that he can solidify himself in his own mind as the greatest to ever play it. Well, that was one of, that was the number one objective on his resume was to say, I'm the leading scorer in the history of the NBA. And yeah. so load management helped him get to that point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look, and that's fine. Um, but again... I love your point, and that, that I, I'm sure, well, I don't know if it's been said before, but I hadn't heard it until you just said it, but it makes a ton of sense. If you're going to load manage, cool. Just do it at home. Do it at home where yeah. people have already seen you play. But still, you know, some people save up to go to one home game a year, and they're going to be unlucky, and it's going to be the home game that he takes off. But at least you kind of, you know, it's a different animal. You still have another opportunity if you really want to see I mean, LeBron or somebody You're a blue-collar dad. You're a blue-collar dad, and you want to give your kids – you know, special your kid loves and basketball, so loves the Lakers, loves LeBron. You. Yeah. Take all your discretionary income because he's coming to Detroit for the only visit for the season and you get the tickets and you get them preseason and you're looking forward to it for two and a half months. And all of a sudden, two nights before the game, you hear, oh, by the way, LeBron's not making this road trip. He's sitting it out with load management. Yeah. Do you get a refund? No. Do you get a redo as well? No. Do you get a, do you get a, because di- a lot of teams for the big names and the Rockets did it, the Astros have done it. When the big names come to town, they actually boost the prices for individual game tickets. Yeah. Do you now suddenly get a massive discount because he's not playing? No. No. You don't. You're still paying that price. All right. Uh let's talk a little Celtics Sixers because boy, this has been the pardon the book pun, the tale of two cities. Like yes, the tale of two games. 
uh, game one, no Joel Embiid, and the Sixers absolutely run rough shot over the Celtics. Celtics look terrible. James Harden goes off, and it was like, where the hell was this James Harden in Houston actually stepping up and being a leader and taking control? And um, so, yeah. Getting a big butt shot? Exactly. And then in game two. Being willing to take a shot? Yeah. Game two. Not turning Sixers. it over for the most turnovers in the history of a playoff game? Oh, I could go on and on because I lived <laughs> it, but I'm just uh, And then jo- the Joel Embiid and the Sixers, or the Sixers get Joel Embiid back for game two. You think, uh-oh, if you thought game one was bad, wait until you see game two with the MVP of the NBA. And instead, the the Celtics find themselves figure it out and and just literally obliterate the 76ers in game two. And oh, by the way, Jason Tatum, their best player, has his worst game maybe ever in the playoffs at the same time. I can't make heads or tails of what's going on here. Joel, explain to me this Lakers or the Celtics Sixers series. So like you said, Tale of Two Cities, from the Philly perspective, they did what they had to do. They got the win that they needed to get home court. Now what was most important if they were going to win the series, not just a game in this series, is Embiid's got to get back to form. He had sat for 13 straight days. He tried three different braces on. So last night you saw him fall to the floor twice, one kind of a flop, the other just backpedaling after a made shot because he was adjusting to what that brace was feeling like and what he had to do in order to maneuver with that brace on. So they were just going to make sure he got reps, run, got some burn, got his cardio up, and figured out the brace, take results, whatever they may be. And so I think that they were good getting what they got, knowing that they've got home court, and which might be pivotal in a series that could be this evenly matched. And then they go from there, they go forward, and they already got their end result. From a Boston perspective, I think it was a wake-up call. I mean, I think it was, we were coasting thinking, with Milwaukee out of the playoffs, we're going to the finals again. And this team, which we basically had our way with when we need to, we're going to beat again. And then James smacked him in the face. And I think it was a wake-up call that it isn't just about Tatum and Brown. The reason why the Celtics are so dangerous, much like what Denver's doing right now, is because they have so many different ways they can beat you. With some of the guys that they added to the mix, you've got so many different guys that on any given possession, you saw Brogdon do it last night where he came in, was instant offense, was the microwave was a guy that Philly couldn't stop. And you're like, you know what? We don't need Tatum and Brown alone every night. But if we just, someone slapped us in the face and said, boys, you either wake up now or you could find yourself like Milwaukee. And they took it to another level. Now we got a series. And I think that Boston got a wake-up call. Philly did what they needed to do, trying to implement Embiid back into the, to the system. And now made the best team win. I think for a fan's perspective, you got exactly what you wanted. I think that's what both teams were thinking. Well, and it's funny because... Um, my first thought was, well, well, that's scary because they blow the Sixers out and Tatum's not going to play that bad again. Maybe, maybe the rest of the playoffs. Uh, so how bad could it have been had he had a typical Tatum game? Um, and really, but though that was my same thought with the Suns and the Nuggets is Durant was like three of 20 or some crazy shit from three. You won't do that again, but you know, you, you can't predict when that kind of stuff happens, both good and bad. What is What does this series come down to between the Sixers and the Celtics? Now that we've seen a little bit of everything between these two teams, um, what's, what's key for both teams, and, and how do you see this one shaping up uh, over the course of the next four to six games? Or I'll me, give you two. Two to, two, to, two to five games, four to six. I'll, to I'll give you two answers as to what I think it comes down to. I think one 
it comes down to defense. It comes down to which team can stop the other team, not just their superstars, but stop their teams in general. When you need a stop, Boston's always been a top-notch defensive team, whether it was coached by Adoka or this year under their new coach. I think that they play defense, and they understand how to play it. They've got smart defenders like Smart that can tell you where you need to go and do what you need to do. You had Smart guarding Joel Embiid at times last night and actually being effective, keeping him away for the basket. So I think it comes down to defense, and then I think it comes down to supporting cast. We know that Brown and Tatum are going to score. We know that Harden and Embiid are going to score. But can Tobias Harris pick up some slack, or can he be that third scorer one night? Marcus Smart on the other side of it. Um, was it White, the guy, the guy they got from San Antonio that's been a really nice fit for Boston? Can he be that guy one night or somebody else? And, and from Philly's perspective, you know, you got Maxi, you got some other players. I think who becomes that legitimate third, and it doesn't have to be the same guy every night, but the supporting cast, I think, could decide this series for both teams because your superstars are going to get theirs. What's everybody else going to do? Yeah. Um, all right. We've got a ton of ass the hammers. I'm trying to mix these in while we're on topic here. So, um, uh, Dick Willie said, uh, great point, McLovin. Oh, my God. Good point. Ask the hammer. Are the 76ers with Harden and Bede similar to when they had success with Harden? Dwight had success with big man sat down and was not on the court. I don't like the comparison because I don't think Dwight Howard offensively, even <laughs> in his prime, was anywhere close to Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid can play defense. Now, yeah. Dwight gets the, probably the edge on defense and shot blocking and, and rebounding when he was in prime form. But I think Joel Embiid is such a more well-rounded and talented player, especially on every aspect of offense, passing, shooting, shooting the three, you know, going down to the low block with having more than one move. I, I, so I don't like that comparison. I think the key for Doc Rivers is maybe to, to Dick Willie's point is to maybe look at it if you're Doc Rivers in waves, like the same way the Rockets did where Chris Paul and James Harden started the game. But mm -hmm. then when James sat in the second, Chris was on the floor. Then, Third, yep. they switched it. Fourth, they're back on the – I think Philly, because you've got to get something out of Tobias Harris. You've got to get something out of the other guys, especially the big money guys. And Maxie's a guy that's really been great for them. But I think that you do it in waves to where until the fourth quarter crunch time or and when you start the game, maybe you space it out. Because last night what Philly's biggest problem was, was they were so busy in trying to get Embiid going and feeding him that they kind of, James was an afterthought after the game James had. And James doesn't feel right if he's not constantly touching the ball. And he was a non-factor. I think from Boston's perspective, too, I, I think that, you know, it depends how you defend Joel Embiid. Because I, I, I think that you've got a guy right off the top that can guard him. But Robert Williams is a key to the series. Because if he comes in off the bench and, and he can give you defensive minutes, just being able to slow down Embiid, now I think Boston has a really big advantage. But if they can't, and Al Horford's a guy that's played against Embiid at practice every single day, but if it's just Al Horford to stop Embiid, advantage Sixers. Yeah, for sure. I can't believe Al Horford's still in the league. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, do you know he shot forty percent from three this year and was one of the top ten three point shooters what? in the league? Look, really? Look it up. That's crazy. All right, let's get to the last series. We got about twelve minutes left in the show, uh, and we'll start with a question from the constituency here. Uh, hashtag Ask the Hammer from Chapo: uh, Will winning this series, this Lakers Warriors series, will winning this series make LeBron the goat? There's a ton of talk no. about him versus Steph, and now everyone wants to elevate Steph into the goat conversation, or maybe even the point guard coat conversation, depending on what show you watch. Uh, so, to, to Chapo's question. Does winning this series make LeBron the GOAT? No. Who has more championships, LeBron or Michael? 
Okay. I mean, that's that's what's going to make him the ultimate answer to the question. The more that he can separate himself from Michael and even Kobe, Kobe's got more titles than LeBron. So mm-hmm. when you, yeah, he's got the scoring title. He also played more years. So when you talk about it, to, for me personally, it comes down to if you truly want to be the unequivocal goat of the league, then surpass everybody else in in what those milestones that everybody kind of hangs their hat on for being a great one. And Michael's got six chips. And if you want to be with Michael, then give me six or more. You better get six. Do you give credit yeah. though? Because you hear people like, well, how many times did he get there, and how many losses does he have? Which I think is hilarious that we're going to include losing. Uh, you know, making the finals and losing in an, in an argument about the greatest of all time. Um, th- that's just people reaching for Camp LeBron because they're like, well, but he made it to nine finals or however many it is. Okay, but you got to win those so to the, be the GOAT. The Houston answer for that is, was everybody hanging their hat on six straight American League championships? Or were people saying they had to win a second title? The Rockets got to the finals in 80 and 86, I think it was, or some bullshit like that. Like, that doesn't count. No one gives a fuck if you lose. Titles completely trump just getting there. And so in order to, that's why I'm saying the six is so important. That's why he knows of all the things he's chasing Jordan on, less years less losing series in the finals, more titles means something. And Kobe's even got more than you. So I think that's what he's got to do. All right. uh, A couple more. And these kind of pertain to this Lakers warrior series. And we're going to get your thoughts on that. But uh, I even had a question about the game. Uh, Golden State Warriors cover at home today. Question mark. Usually lose game one, but come back game two. What are your thoughts? Do they cover this to some friends uh, at the gym this morning? I believe that if you want a smart bet, and I don't even know what the spread is. I'll take the Warriors and I'll give the points and, and, and I'll just go because they know that this is the, the, the key to the whole series. Like Just like the Sacramento series, they, they weren't a very good road team, but they knew what they had to do. And when the time was right, they did what they had to do and they won on the road mm-hmm. because that was the deciding game in the series. Then they could afford to lose the one at home and they're still in a position where their experience will lead them to a game, game seven victory. They know that they should not have done what they did in game one, especially at home. They know the series is essentially over if L.A. comes to Golden State and wins two. So I think the Warriors are going to come out from the jump like you saw the Celtics do last night, an experienced team that knows how important this game is and that even though it's a game two, it could decide this series. I think you're going to see a focused Warriors effort. I think you're going to see a barrage. I think you're going to see Clay more involved. I think Jordan Poole is going to be smart enough to find the better players that have been there and done it longer to make sure that Clay gets off, Steph gets off, Draymond will keep him playing defense. And I think I honestly think that Davis is going to disappear. He just oh. does not convince me that he's an every single player in every series, Boy. in every game in the series yeah. guy. And I think that the Lakers are going to be another team content with doing what they got home court. They're going back home regardless what the split was what they needed. And I think that they're not going to be as focused as Golden State. That's just my personal opinion. Boy, I tell you, uh, Davis 80 is the darling of the media right now. Uh, just, just if, I don't know if this changes your mind. Right now, the spread is Golden State uh, favored by seven. That's a lot. I take, I, I, I'd get, I'd, I'd give the points and take the Warriors. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. So let's see. That was Ivan's question. Um, 
it, so Clarence had a question about the Warriors. Is this the last run for Golden State? Great question. And I think if you if a lot of people haven't thought of that, they they probably should because you know it's been a magical dynasty that the Warriors and this run has been on. But is this the beginning? If not the last run, is this the beginning of the end for the Warriors? Well, the the rebuttal and question for me would be: Does it count if, if you just lose one of the core four? Because it is to or core three or four. Because I don't think I think there's a really good chance Draymond Green isn't back with the Warriors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't think that Steph's going anywhere. Clay's going anywhere. Those Clay's going to also be a free agent, and I don't think he's worth max money anymore. But I think that if you keep Steph and Clay together, and you keep Looney, and you keep Poole, and you keep you know even some of the younger players, Divincenzo, and some of the guys they bring off the bench, Moses Moody, and some of the guys they've drafted. There's no reason to believe the Warriors won't be heard from. They might. I don't know if they're going to win another one, although I, I still give them a good chance this year. But I think it's not over if you consider that it, they're still going even if Draymond's not a part of it. Because I think Draymond's going to want max money. And for the triple single and all he brings leadership-wise, like Correa Mound visits, you can try and put a value on that. But if you're maxing Draymond Green instead of getting a different max player, I think you're hurting your overall team in a lot of ways. And it proved the game that he sat out, and they won, and they got off to a hot start, and they did things to where he even said he shouldn't be starting anymore. Well, Which if you're not crazy. starting, then why are you a max player, in yeah. my mind? If your team is better when you come off the bench, which you freely admitted, like, hey, I really like the way the team looked when I wasn't out there. Maybe I should come off the bench. Uh, you know his agent was like, Yeah, he volunteered. What are you doing? It's like, bro, you just cost yourself millions of dollars, probably. People forget Kevin McHale not only started for all those Celtics championship teams, he was the sixth man of the year coming off the bench when he knew he was better and more effective that way. Yeah, and and didn't care. We'll just whatever it takes to win championships. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about this Lakers-Warriors series. I mean, you gave us a pretty good breakdown of it as is, um, and you answered one of my questions is, what do you make of this AD resurgence? Is this He was really good down the stretch, though, um, when LeBron was out and kind of carried the team. It kept him... You know, he didn't he didn't get them to a seven seed, but he kept them in it enough to where oh, oh lo and behold, now they're facing the Warriors uh, when no one thought that they would be, and here they go up one game to nothing on the road. Um, what 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 are your what what are some of the keys that you see in this series for these two teams? Well, I think you hit on the first one. I mean, it's one Anthony Davis. Are you going to get not just every other game? every game the rest of the series. We know that when healthy, he's one of the top five most talented players in the league probably. But we know that there's too many times that he's not. And he he's one of those guys that sat out every game, second game of a back-to-back all year. And he took it easy to get to this point. What other superstar do you know, Barry, that by the way, on replay, we can't even tell where the arm got hit, but he immediately says, I can't feel my arm and holds it with his other arm and races off the court and then comes back five minutes later like nothing's wrong. Like his inability to have a threshold for pain and be able to prepare himself year in and year out for these type situations by, if you know you've got lower back problems or you know you got ankle problems, work with a trainer to strengthen it, to do something to uh, you know combat it. But the overall, dare I say, softness of a superstar that gets paid that amount of money to do what he needs to do with an aging superstar like LeBron, it's, it's quite frankly, it's disappointing. But with all that said, he has the talent to control this series if he continues to play like he did. 
But I think Golden State has a lot of shooting. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of ways they can beat you. And I think that defensively is where it lies with the Warriors. Can you put enough bodies? Draymond's too small. Can Looney and others try and neutralize AD? And, and honestly, I would also throw some guys, different guys at LeBron and make him get it out of his hands mm-hmm. and say, okay, Reeves, you beat me. Vanderbilt, yeah. you beat me. You yeah. know, other guys beat me. Schro- yeah, du- doubling LeBron seems, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you saw in the Milwaukee series, right? It, look, Giannis, we, we're going to double Giannis and anybody else on this team can beat us, but we're not going to let him beat us. Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. That's that's an old tried-and-true formula you see or you used to see in the NBA. I'm surprised you don't see it more, but that would be me, anyone but. You know, that was the thing like they would try to do with Jordan. That's why everybody always talks about the fact that if the Bulls at full strength with Jordan ever played the Rockets in championships, Vernon Maxwell was the X factor because you didn't have to double Jordan. You could just put Maxwell on him. And I'm just surprised we don't see that more given the, you know, well, the, you, the, the amount of You could of also do it in waves, have. much to what I'm saying on yeah. how to defend LeBron. You start with Vernon Maxwell. Now you get that athletic, strong, street tough guy that goes and talks mess to him and gets in his grill and does whatever he wants. Now when Max sits down or he gets in foul trouble, here comes Mario Eli, a stronger, yeah. more physical, same kind of mental toughness guy that says, even if you dunk on me the last trip down, you ain't getting the next one, and I'm going to make your life hell, and you have to spend so much energy doing it. Make yeah. a, a 40-year-old LeBron, earn it every time yeah. down the court, yeah. and then put it on inexperienced guys and say, step up. And that's what Dylan Brooks tried to do, but the problem was – He'd talk shit in the process, which look, Mac Mad Max would talk shit, and but he could back it up. Dylan Brooks ain't the ain't the one, right? Like nope. I get what he was doing, and he was trying to be tough, and they felt good, and they were feeling themselves. But that was the beginning of the end once he did that, and that's why he's no longer in Memphis because they were like, "Did you see the quote?" Uh, the the I don't know if it was the GM or the head coach of of Memphis said, "Well, we're gonna treat trash talking a lot different next year." It was like, I "Holy saw GM shit!" Said it. Yeah, this really affected them. Like, they know this was a big, bad mistake. But we all hear that word culture. Yeah. The culture's got to change in Memphis. It's the the shit talking on the floor. It's also everything that John Morant did to show that he's exactly what you don't want a superstar to be. Mm. And I think that overall, from a culture standpoint... It's a, you, 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 let's be honest. It's a lot easier to get rid of D- Dylan Brooks and let him walk than it is to say, John Morant, with all we've invested in you and the money and the time and the effort and what you mean to this franchise, we're going to try and move you instead? Probably yeah. not. So not that also sent a clear message to Ja that as much as he's been a more humble, contrite Ja since he came back and he understands his mistakes, he it basically was a message to all. We'll start with Dylan Brooks. But we're not afraid to move on to the next guy, too, if you guys aren't going to do what you need to do to act right. Because I think that people got a little bit extra jacked up to play the the Grizzlies this year. And I don't think that the young team was ready for it. I, I think Dylan Brooks was writing checks with his mouth that his, that his abilities yeah. couldn't cash. Yeah, but not by, I mean, yeah. Way overpriced. Uh, what's up, Keith? Keith Aaron, first time chatter of the show, said all we need is Nick Sharara, and the the reunion would be complete. Yes, indeed. 
Uh, all right, so Joel, we're going to rapid fire through these. It's 5 o'clock. Nora got home early. I didn't know that. I, when I went to take the pee break, she was here. So, Oh, I um, heard all of it. I was oh. here early, as always. And I, so I we're going to we're gonna wrap. I want to get everybody's questions in, and I know you would love to answer them. So let's rapid fire through these. I'm just going to start at the bottom, and we're going to go through them. Some of them are better than others, but we don't discriminate. We ask, we ask all the questions, and then you can go, that's stupid. I'm not answering that. And we'll move on to the next one. So, all right, first question for Brother Bear. Uh, who do y'all got? Hold on, let me. Uh, who y'all got? Team one, Jordan Olajuwon, Kobe, and Bird, and the big fundamental, or team two, LeBron, KD, Shaq, Kareem, and Matt. Magic. Jordan Olajuwon, well, I mean, Kobe Bird, and fire. Duncan. I mean, that's something that yeah. you gotta actually dig. Well, deep just on. pick one. Team Plus one from Brother Barry. He's gonna ask sixty-three questions. I know. I know. Um, that's why. Uh, what do you want? Team one. You see that it's uh, Jordan Dream, Kobe I, Bird, and Tim Duncan, or LeBron, Katie, Shaq, or even Magic. One. Me too. I'll take team one. I mean, if you're gonna put Jordan and Kobe on the same team. And add dream, fucking night dream. Night. Yeah, I'll take that. That's that's a no brainer. I mean, you're expecting Kareem to be physical and be able to get off that fluffy little hook shot. Exactly. I mean, they're gonna eat. They're gonna go at him. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, Chris from Sam Houston wants to know. Uh, ask the hammer. Who's calling me? Uh, what's the best case scenario if the Rockets oh, pick three I'll or higher? <laughs> um, what's I the best think... case scenario if the Rockets pick three or higher? I mean, obviously, Webinyama is the best case scenario. Yeah, Victor Wamanyana, obviously, hands down, number one. The interesting discussion is who goes number two? Mm. And if the Rockets are picking two versus three, I think the best-case scenario for the Rockets is if, if Scoot Henderson falls to them at three, because I've told you before, I think Scoot is still a he, – he's a traditional point guard, mm. but he also can shoot. He's a bigger body. He's still got athleticism. And he, he basically makes you a better team. Then I think the kid from Alabama does Miller because I think Miller is a wing three that wants the ball in his hands. You got enough of that. And I don't think that he adapts his game to fit with what the talent you already have. I'm assuming Udoka doesn't make one. I'm going to make a whole lot of wholesale changes with this young roster. I think KPJ is one guy that might really have to prove he belongs. But this allows you to, to either one of the lineups I suggested they do last year, and this is before they would get a Scoot Henderson was, I think at some point they need to move KPJ to the two, Jalen to the three, Jabari to the mm. four, Shengun to the five. Because I don't think mm. KPJ, he led the league in turnovers, right? I don't think he's a point guard, but I think yeah. he can score. And so I think that if you get a true point guard and KPJ is your two, Jabari's your uh, your <clears> four, <throat> Green's your three, and Shengun's your five, now like you're maximizing that. all your own young talent. I think they're playing in the right position. Yeah. Is that is that a, is that a five that you look at and go, boy, the future is bright with those five? Yeah, and with Tari Eason coming off the bench and yeah. some of the guys also that they can they're developing at Ty Ty Washington. By the way, if I see Deshaun Nix again, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, you you can't get you know, you can't maximize the draft anymore after this year. I'm gonna write it off as you saw Deshaun Nix because you wanted to suck. But going forward, Deshaun Nix should be seeing the G League or another team, period. All right, next question. Uh, Total Dallas wants to know, ask the hammer, is Christian Wood talking uh, dirt about the Mavs front office? Christian Wood's a bad apple. Christian Wood <clears throat> is on the right team because Total Dallas asks questions about his favorite team that no one cares about. I think we should be asking the Mavs more about how badly they regret the Kyrie trade. But also, as I've said all along, Christian Wood wants to be a max player, which he's not. Christian Wood wants to be the third best player on a team, and if it's a good team, he's not. And Christian Wood is a bad apple behind the scenes. 
So Christian Wood is, a, is your problem to deal with total Dallas and not ours. So mm -hmm. as total Houston, I say good luck and I don't mean it. All right. Uh, speaking of that, um, Brother Bear with his uh, second question. I will flat, will flat Earther sign for league minimum to play for the Lakers or the Suns? Hey, Kyrie ain't signing, signing for the league, league minimum, minimum to, to play, play for nobody. No. He'd love to play in L.A. Yeah, so but he ain't the taking the league minimum. Depending and they on can't what afford they do it. with Russ's money. No, but what they, depending on what they do with Russ's money and, and everything that happened there, mm. Kyrie wants to play in L.A. now. Now, it could hey. be either team. Hey, you need a point guard in Houston, and they got tons of money. God help them if they do that. No. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm no. Just and, and by the way, if it was just basketball skills, yes. there's not a team in the league that wouldn't want Kyrie. Yeah. But if it was but everything, everything between else. the ears and everything and, off the court, I'll pass. And you already have a culture problem in this city, and, and which is why I didn't want to bring it up. I was going to wait but till James the draft. Harden does not. When we, yeah, we, no, uh, well, no, I'm saying I'm saying uh, Kyrie, like bringing him in as a point guard. I know, but I don't want Kyrie and I don't want James Harden. Oh, both of them yeah. were a headache in, in, in well, Brooklyn. Both of them are at different stages in their career. And you want to stunt the development of every single young guy on your roster? Bring one of those two ball hogs in here. Well, okay, I was going to save this for the draft because I'm sure it would have came up again. But the kid out of Bama, uh, Miller, do Miller. you, I mean, you know, he, you talk about culture and a problem of trying to turn culture around. Does that present a problem for this team to bring in somebody who had some off the court issues in Bama? You ever heard of Kevin Porter Jr.? Okay, fair enough. All right, three questions to go. It's we're late. We're I thought way we rapid past. firing. I mean, that should yeah. answer it. <laughs> All right, uh, Eric Resendez, hashtag Ask the Hammer. If you could sign one or two players for the Rockets that will help change this franchise, who would it be? One or two um, players that Shaq you could sign and Kobe. Um, I don't know that there's any two players, and I haven't really put that much of a deep dive on it, I, I, but I think that it's signing, not trading, and I think that's the key. Mm. So you look at the free agents, and it's got to make sense for both parties. Obviously, whoever you bring in is going to probably be overpaid, but have they won titles before? You and I talked about this previously. If they haven't won titles before and they haven't already, they're not chasing the ring and they understand what their role is going to be and you're probably going to pay them a little extra to do it, and they're willing big brothers to this young team. And, you know, Yudoka's going to want them to play defense, too. That's a rare skill set for this league. I don't know, as much as you've got a coach to say, this is where I want to play, I think it's going to be more challenging to get veteran players to say the same thing. And that's why I told you, this is why it's the biggest, most important offseason, maybe in the history of the Houston Rockets. It's coach, it's free agency, it's your la maybe your last chance to get the lottery pick and get the number one overall player. And then from there, it's deal with the results. Well, that's why you're the hammer, because you are super smart and think about shit people don't. All right, two questions left. Ruin had a question. Hashtag ask the hammer. Um, are Boston and Denver the favorites now to make it to the finals um, now with all of these injuries? That's pretty safe to say that. I, I yeah. would say that that would be the logical question. I, I said Phoenix before the year in the West, and – I said Phoenix, and when you and I talked before the playoffs, I thought Phoenix and Golden State yeah. were the two most dangerous teams. I don't know that Phoenix losing Chris Paul has a chance. I think Denver's just – now that they've got confidence and momentum and this Murray, I think Denver and Boston are the two favorites in, in each conference. Um, I feel like the favorite is whoever's coming out of this Lakers-Warriors series, which is my opinion. I don't know who I, that's going to be. I kind of agree with you. But I would think that Although the if momentum Nick, if Nick they'll Wright have. Is right, 
if Nick Wright picked the Lakers before the playoffs to, to no, get there and, never mind. and that happened. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, last question, and then we're wrapping it up. This is from Dick Willie. Hashtag Ask the Hammer. Hey, Joel, uh, if you were starting a team today, which coach would you choose, Pop or Spolstra like Barry? I caught heat for this, man. I, I think Eric Spolster is the best coach in basketball right now. I said as much. If you were starting a team right now, who are you taking, Pop or Spolstra? And if your answer is not Spolstra, because he relates, he relates more to the younger players. I think oh. Pop's generation of player, Pop's philosophy, Different. which isn't wrong. Yeah. But just think about what we just got out of in Rockets basketball, the era we just left in terms of from a coaching perspective. You yeah. had a coach and a general manager that were afraid to even like raise an eyebrow at one of their players for fear of the backlash of the player and the agent and the parents. And, hey, my kid doesn't deal with that well. Well, Pop was screaming and sitting and yelling and, and pointing and grabbing Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and anybody else that got in his crosshairs. It's just not going to work in today's game anymore. you got to handle these kids with more kid gloves and logic. I think Spolster relates to them. Spolster has a resume that they can respect still, like Pop. But I think he's got a different dynamic about going about getting his point across. And I think that's why Spolster would probably be my pick. I mean, remember, was it last year that they had that huge dust-up on the bench? Was it, it wasn't Haslam, was it? Was it Udonis Haslam got into it with Butler? It was Haslam Butler. and Butler, yeah. Yeah, and he like there was like it was bad, and he, and at one point Spolstra, you know, was screaming at them, and he was like, you saw him be like, what are you doing? This is bullshit. And but I mean, for him to be able to get them back together and still be able to continue to play like they've been playing, it speaks. Go a back lot though, for- Barry, and think about previous to that. He and LeBron got into one in Miami. Not only did he not back down, they threw shoulders into each other, and. And Spoh's and yeah. not a guy that's going to back down. And, and you know, he's got Pat Riley's blessing. He doesn't have to worry about his job. He yeah. knows the right way to go about everything in today's game. And he's not going to take any crap from one of his players, which is such a un, – it's it's an undervalued stat mm. in, in in the NBA these days. Is a, I think you got a guy like that in Houston now with Udoka. Mm-hmm. He's he's not gonna. I don't care who you think you are. <laughs> he's been there, the done that, yeah. and he's gonna. T- he played on teams with Duncan and Ginobili and and Parker. He played for Popovich. He knows how to deal with superstars because he had Tatum and Brown and guys that he had when he coached in previous spots like Philly. He's been there and done that enough that he has a way, a philosophy, and an idea. And if you don't go along with it, he'll tell you about it. Yeah, he ain't going to sugarcoat it. Uh, dude, this was awesome as always. You guys, uh, you can follow Joel Blank if you're an NBA fan, a Sports Talk fan, a, uh, a Jim Adler fan. Make sure you follow the hammer, Joel Blank, on Twitter and Instagram, at Pac-Man Joel with a K. Also, make sure you listen to him and Jeremy Brandon on the Killer Bees every weekday, Monday through Friday, noon until 3 on ESPN 97.5 here in Houston. If you're not in Houston, you're listening somewhere around the country or across the globe, you can uh, listen on the internet or on twitch buddy i appreciate hey, this man mm. let me be very clear about something too okay. i don't want i want everybody to lots of money to you no I way want that to happen hold on okay? joel hold on woge bomb bucks just fired their coach could kind of have seen it coming let nick oh, nurse oh, new oh, coach of the milwaukee bucks hold on let's go uh while you're uh, looking that up, can I make my yeah, point? Yeah, make your point. Make your point. I want I want people to donate money to you all the time because you deserve it, right? Yes. But don't don't sleep on the my second job, which is fundraising for my daughter's softball career that I don't like. Like 
you know what? You should feel that you get – they won the championship, by the way, the other night as the four seed. Oh, nice! phenomenal. So more rings and jewelry for my child. Yes. But then she made the – she's the youngest all-star at seven on the nine and nice. under. Nice! And then they say, parents, that'll cost you 200 Not nice. Just to be on the team. And then they say, and on top of that, you need to go raise 500 more. Oh, my God. This is this why I don't have, no, you know no, what I don't have to do? No raise money for bars. my cats. Softball. No candy bars. No, oh, you that, just got to raise I stone cold cash? Hey, Bear, you want three candy bars for 10 bucks? Gotcha. Now I go, hey, Bear, screw the candy bars. Just give me the 10 bucks. <laughs> Send me 10 need bucks. You. Not the same thing. Wow. Yeah, well, we need, to, we need to rectify that. When's the fundraising due by? Tonight. Tonight, Joel? You don't give me enough I, warning. No, I'm yes, just saying there's some leeway. We're having a parent meeting afterwards to okay. discuss how much we really need. Yeah. But look, it's been a stressful stressful week or so for me. Do you have Venmo or, or PayPal or any of Lisa that? Lisa does. You know I don't. I, I, Lisa I, does. You know I Donna don't. was like, drop your Venmo, Joel. Like, <laughs> what? Are you serious, Donna? <laughs> Joel, I mean, I got no Venmo. If it's okay to drop Lisa's Venmo, I well, mean, yeah, I can no, drop you can't Lisa's really Venmo. do anything with it other than send it money. But, um, but uh, I'm in. I, I'll I'll pitch in on the party. So uh, get no. the Venmo. No, listen, get the Venmo. Send it to me. I'll tweet it out. I'll put it on the the Barry on Deck Discord, and uh, we'll get the deckheads nope. to start donating, and we'll get it going. Yeah, hundred percent. Here's the breaking news from Woj. Uh, this tweet went out at 4:50 p.m. Breaking news: The Milwaukee Bucks dismissed. What's the difference, Joel? Dismissed versus fired versus it means we like you, agreed but you're to not part ways. Doing the job. Okay. Yeah, it means when you dismiss someone, we really like you. We appreciate your efforts. You want us a championship, but don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, as opposed to you sucked, bro, and we really can't stand you anymore, so we fired you. Gotcha. The Milwaukee Bucks have dismissed coach Mike Boonholzer. Sources tell ESPN Boonholzer is out after the East top seed suffered a first-round loss to the Miami Heat. You said who's next? Who fills that role now Nick, in Milwaukee? Nick Nurse comes in immediately and, and does exactly what they need because he's still somewhat of a player's coach. He knows how to handle a star like Kawhi in Toronto. He'll do that with Giannis. And he knows what to do with the depth of this roster. I think Budenholzer too many times, like not calling timeouts in key situations and, and doing some things. I talked to people back home that, that I asked this exact question. I said, does Budenholzer survive this offseason? And more people than not said, I don't think so. Mm. And because Giannis from year to year has to be pleased or he could look to go elsewhere or demand a trade. And it's a small market, as we know. I think Nick Nurse is a guy that bring of the guys that are left on the market too. I think Nick's a guy that has the credibility, been there, did it in a small market in terms of NBA markets with Toronto, mm -hmm. bad climate, tough taxes, got players and got them to play. I think I think he's plug and play and and they maybe take a step up. There you go. All right. Well, that is Joel Blake. I love it, dude. I appreciate you doing this. Like I said, shoot me the Venmo, and we'll 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 get you we'll get the fundraising going tonight for you. Um, and we do this every single Thursday right here on Barry on Deck at four fifteen. Joel joins me. And we talk NBA at least through the end of the season. So, uh, buddy, I appreciate this as always, man. You're Thank so you. kind, Barry. The amount that you pay me is more in feelings right. and love I than anything else. Get out of here. Take being here, and that's it. All right, God, appreciate you, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. That's Joel Blake. Everybody. 
everybody. Uh, that is it. Another uh, fun, fun Thursday with Joel talking NBA. Hey, before I get out of here real quick, I got to say thank you to those of you that sent in a thankful Thursday. As always, your support financially and with your eyes and your ears on this show and keeping it going uh, means the world to me and makes it possible to do it. So Donna, thank you for the $10 thankful Thursday. Jen, thank you for the $5 thankful Thursday. Sylvia, thank you for the $5 thankful Thursday. PP Dubs sent in a $7 uh, thankful Thursday and said, Hey, it's a thankful Thursday interest rate hike. Thank you for that. And lastly, uh, but not leastly, I don't think that's how that works. Alex Villanueva, thank you for the $10 thankful Thursday. He said, quote, another fun week, except for the Dodgers hat. Yuck. Just kidding. Running that train was fun. And some people even got on your pole. Have a great weekend, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody. That contributed this week in some form or fashion, whether it was here watching, whether it was supporting uh, financially or just being here, spreading the word, retweeting, talking, all that. I uh, can't do it without you. I love you and I appreciate you. My uh, my appreciation and thanks to my guest today, Joel Blank, for talking NBA with me. As always, the hammer comes through in the clutch. I'm going to get that info. We're going to help him do some fundraising for his kiddo. Uh, we'll make that happen. Hey, listen. I hope you have a great weekend. If you're newer, we don't have a show tomorrow. We're off on Fridays, but I will see you on Monday. Enjoy the sports. Whatever you watch, make sure it's hockey. I'll see you on Monday. Until I see you on Monday, do me three favors, people. Be safe. Be kind. And most importantly, love each other. I'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. Happy Derby, Donna. Love you, Bobo. Thank you, Ruin. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Uriel. Thank you, Flip. <clears throat> All right. Do we have a raid? I kind of owe Jim a raid. Is he on right now? He is on right now. Let's raid Jim on sports. Let's do it right now. Here we go. Raiding Jim. Start the raid. Jim, J-I-M, not G-E-M. Oh, yeah. Happy C go to Mayo, too, for what it's worth. <coughs> go Stars. Hey, CC. Tacos before Vatos. <laughs> Happy Conco. <laughs> I love you, CC. You're the best. Bye, guys. Enjoy the raid. Say hi to Jim for me. Daddy's making a YouTube video.